You're about to witness a seismic event. Talk brunch where the eels are all baby faces. Now, let the party begin. Live, start the countdown. Three, two, one. All right. Well, that happened. <laughs> Kudos to you soldiers for hanging in there for another long week in the world of wrestling. It's December 16th, 2019. We're listening to a regular episode of Talk Brunch Live. Don't worry, no TLC results here tonight. It's episode 357, as a matter of fact. I'm your host, as always, Rick Dyer, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. Co-piloting the ship with me as always is the co-host Mr. Dustin Frazier himself Every time Lashley or Lana cut a promo A Make-A-Wish kid doesn't get to meet John Cena I believe you for this one I think that's a real deal Yeah Somebody dies on the inside Don't that Or Kurt Angle adopts a child I don't know oh. Where do you go with that, right? <laughs> oh, Lord. So, yeah, tonight we're going to talk about some of the post details involving Kyrie Sane's injuries. We're going to have some interesting stuff about the production in WWE, the way they put together matches and stuff, and how Becky and Rollins would do it. We're going to talk about contracts, people being held against their will, maybe willingly. It all depends on how you look at it. Sin Cara's most recent appearances, stuff with Matt Hardy, a whole bunch of controversy with him. Um, some wellness policy failures that happened. It's wow, it's in seven days and that much stuff is going on, huh? Uh, CM Punk is already getting heat with people. Big surprise there, right? Who would have yeah, even thought right. about that one? Uh, the new, the new Taz and uh, what? The new Taz and Michael Cole. That's very, very, oh wow, oh, I see what they did there. Yeah. That's, that's messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, there's going to be a whole bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, so. It's going to be interesting to see. And what we're going to see is going to happen with Ring of Honor, the people that are leaving, where we're going to go from here, and a bunch of other things going on. So hang tight. It's going to be fun. That being said, shout out to our wonderful chat room that had Cool Ice and Stasis Dreams, Joe Woko, Sugar Shane, Silk Slayer, Emang, Willie V2, and also those currently listening to the live broadcast over at TalkBrunch.com. And, of course, the rest of you who are listening via demand on iTunes, Stitcher, and all other popular podcatcher apps. We're available on every major digital audio provider, including SoundCloud, just search TalkBunch, and you can visit TalkBunch.com for that, plus our social media links and replays of all content, or use your Alexa and just demand that she brings you the TalkBunch podcast. Imagine that. Bitch, bring me that podcast. Bring me that podcast, bitch. (laughs) Mark710 joining us also. What's up, dude? Made it right at the end of the intro. Right. So did you enjoy wrong? <sighs> Without spoiling anything? I mean, Just yes or no. Just yes or no. Mm-hmm. If you had to if you had to pick one. Oh fuck. Uh <laughs> because of one part, yes. Then no. It, it it switched off and on. It was terrible. It was like a little kid playing with the light switch. I just go. I have to put the program together. It's hard for me to do the chat room and the program at the same time, but I, I peeked in a few times. I was like in lurk mode. But uh I I I almost wanted to chime in. There was a point where uh what exactly was going on? I'm trying to remember. It was it was a point where someone came in. I believe Willie came into the chat room, and he asked, "How's Raw?" 
And like this was after like a really bad point. Or okay, you know what it was? It was Rowan versus versus that bargain bin jungle boy, bargain boy that they brought. Out there. <laughs> and I'm boy. looking at it like I can't believe they wasted time. And Willie just is like, "Hey, what's up, guys? I just got off of work. How's Raw?" And then you just put, "Uh, not bad." And I was thinking, this motherfucker's <laughs> lying. You lied to that man's face when he came in the room. What is wrong with you? You said not bad. And I'm watching Bargain Bin Jungle Boy getting choke slammed by Rowan. Right at the, the timing couldn't have been more perfect. I thought about it. I was like, should I be real with him? Or should I just fuck with him? Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm fuck with him? <laughs> that was the most bong hitty answer I've ever heard. How, <laughs> you basically went, how's Raw? <laughs> not bad. You know what <laughs> It was like, Seriously? That wasn't bad? I wonder where, <laughs> what are they going to have to do to impress you? You know what it was? Because I think at that point, Lon and Lashley heard start talking. Oh, so I hadn't need to hit the bottle just yet. And I was like, at that point, as long as I don't see those two on the screen, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was bad. But, you know, we, we wait till the end because we have people on the West Coast. We wait until the end before we go into details. So that was already one detail. So I apologize right. about that. <laughs> But yeah, it was it was you see, you see what this company How does? dare you how dare you spoil that Rowan segment for them? Yeah, right. <laughs> how dare you summon how dare you spoil the same shit from like a month ago? Well if it's well if it makes you feel better, I won't spoil what, what's in the in the cage. Tell you man, it's high tech it's high tech sex toys, I'm telling you. Yeah, right. If they want to save that gimmick, that's what it needs to be. I really the motherfucker needs to have like year three thousand shit under there. <sighs> All right. Well, there's a few stories that I want to get into. I actually put this in a particular order here just because I want to get some of the really interesting stuff out of the way. Um, one of the first things being, I don't know if you guys heard about the recently TJP. Uh, he did uh, ask me anything on Reddit. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. Sometimes different celebrities and wrestlers will go on Reddit and they'll do this segment where it's basically, you know, you can ask them anything that you want. And uh, supposedly, I'm not saying everybody's on or about it, but, you know, anything about their lives, their careers, and they'll tell you, uh, you know, just anything. Did you hear anything about his Ask Me Anything? You know, I didn't even know that people did Ask Me Anything, really. I don't really pay attention to Reddit like that, so I was like, yeah, this is, oh, boy, I'm scared. I don't normally either. I'm going to warn you, and I don't really warn people on this show normally. You know, it's it's like we don't have, uh, there's no censors or anything here. You guys know that. So I'm going to sort of warn you before we go into this. And you know, I don't do disclaimers. I'm not a disclaimer guy. But I I feel like this can ruin, at the very least, this can ruin watching WWE for you. This description of uh, the way things are played out creative-wise. Test so, me. <laughs> you sure? <laughs> I thought there was a pause before it. <laughs> All right. Okay, so seriously. So basically what happened was... He described what it's like to have to put a match together there and what it's like to go through the match. So he said early in the day, your producer sits down with you and a sheet of paper and insists you tell them every single move you will do and what part of the ring you will do it in. I've asked constantly, especially as a 20 year guy from an older generation with a lot of experience at every level. Why is that necessary? And why do you why do they ask us to be able to to feel it out there? or etc. when they don't want that at all. They never have a real answer to that. Personally, I guess I don't care because I was taught to make it as I go in there. I prefer that, like a quarterback running the no-huddle offense or point guard in basketball. But I'm fine with tons of details, too. 
but you get sent through the curtain and the first thing that happens is the ramp cameraman meets you at the top. He tells you to stop or go. So your entrance isn't necessarily up to you either. Once you get to the ring, the referee relays from the back how to finish your entrance and where to stand. As I do my match, at least with the producer we had for 205, not Hunter, I'm being told by the ref, they're saying slam him and grab him, grab a headlock. They're saying get on top of him and lay in some punches. They're saying send him into the turnbuckle and, and then, then, then at the crowd, uh, and then afterwards, it's the same thing as your entrance, just in reverse. Stay in the ring or hurry up and exit. Stop at the top of the ramp, etc. Your match just isn't your match there for, for many guys. Some guys, they, they play favorites and, and with them, they'll sit down more creatively and have more fun. Others, you're basically an ant collecting crumbs with another ant in line in front of the ants. So uh, that was his description of how they put together matches. I'd like to tell you it surprises me. It doesn't. It's... I, it's, it's not that it surprises me. It's that when you hear it laid out that way, you realize just how ridiculous it's become. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, there really is. It's, it's the way that it looks to me. The way they come out. What we were talking about last night on the post show, how angry Miz, he's furious about what this guy's doing to his family. He gets to the top of the ramp. He does his little spin. He points out. You know, he does a swagger to the ring. He does, he does his rope pause, pause. You know, it's just kind of like it's just weird. Like, they're like robots. And, and and this sort of proves it when I hear the story, like, holy crap, the cameraman's giving you orders, the referee's giving, it's not like you just have one person you're answering to, everyone's just sort of posing you around, you know, like a doll. The the entire match isn't really, like, these guys, you're not really even watching two people, I almost don't even consider it the same genre as wrestling when I hear it described this way. It's because not. sure, they're doing wrestling, but it's really all, like, very few people create creatively are actually responsible for the movements in the ring. It's like a one man show. You know it's, it's what I mean? In a weird claymation. way. Yeah, exactly. Like they're using them, they're almost <laughs> mo capping, they're mo capping them from top to bottom, which they have every right to do. I'm not saying this is wrong or right. You could take it however you want. It exists, so obviously it's successful. It makes money. But but this is mocap of wrestling with one written storyline, as opposed to what wrestling is everywhere else in the world where it's like they kind of Part of what makes the match as good or bad is, there, is one guy being a ring general. I mean, otherwise, you don't need a ring general. You know, that's the guy who basically sort of controls the flow, the pace of the match, and tells the story. How the hell would you even be, ever be able to become a ring general under that environment? Where this, where this, it's impossible. There's, I don't even understand how that would work. It's almost like there's, there's extra training wheels on top of the training wheels. And then it doesn't make things better. It makes them worse, and the wheels never come off. Training wheels in the front and the back. So, so hearing about that, you know, it just... It just surprises me that it's that level of detail. Like, I don't see how someone I, just wouldn't develop a serious. You'd probably get a drug habit or a drinking habit just from the stress of having to deal with something like that every single day. I feel like the only reason it's been successful is because nobody's gone out and just said it. <laughs> Nobody knew this shit was happening. That's why it's been successful it's, for so many it's years. Really, it's overproduced in a different way from Lucha Underground. They, over, they were overproduced in that they were spending too much money per episode to make it look really good. And it did look really good, but at the end of the day, who cares? It's still going to be on, you know, El Rey or whatever the hell, you know, it's like you're going to be, you know, breaking barriers here or nothing, but they spent all that money. This is overproduced, not where they're spending money, but, but where they're just overproducing it. There's just too many hands on deck, like I've said before, but to a point where you're going to literally drive people nuts, like who the hell would ever want to be there after that? Yeah, like I'm saying, like, that's probably why I wonder why Jeff Hardy has a drinking problem, Kyle, because everybody tells him when to blink every one of his fucking matches, like... I'd lose my mind and start drinking and driving too. Are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe driving to them. Nuts. Uh, I'm driving to them. Nah, I, don't nah. I don't want to give birth to one of those crazy fans, you know? Oh, God, no. 
You've seen them. Oh, yeah. We, we know they out there. We don't need somebody slinging shit at the performance center because of something. You beat me fucking to it. <laughs> oh, I was thinking it. I was like, I'm going to let him get his shit out. Then I'm going to get that one. Nope. Oh. Yeah, but I don't know. Like I said, just hearing it, it it's a little crazy to me. Like I just wasn't a little expecting was understatement. It Yeah. No, a little bit more than crazy. But I just feel bad for the people there. That's why people try to leave there after a while. They realize, you know what, I could just go without having to be told every single thing that I have to do and having to spend all this extra time talking to people that I don't like about moves that they can do or even know how to do. Like, what is it? Like, it's just weird. It's a weird thing. When you see some of these people who have, like, these garbage matches, it's just like, wait a minute, somebody put this shit together? Yeah, and that really gets on my nerves more than anything, you know. But uh, recently... Becky Lynch and uh, Seth Rollins were at Gorilla Position, which is a live event that they do in London. And they spoke about a lot of things, but one of the things was WWE's creative, and they had their own perspective on it, which we'll talk about. But first, I would like uh, you guys to hear. So give me a sec to cue it up here. I got ahead of myself. I didn't even look at if we have the damn thing. But I'm sure we do. We have everything. We have everything. Minus the overproducing. Yeah. We're not overproduced. We're, 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 we're underproduced. And how involved is he creatively? Because I think fans are very quick to, you know, widely sort of blame Vince if they're not happy with something they see in the product on TV. Um, how, how involved is he day to day on the creative side? And also, if you could sort of run creative for a bit, are there any changes you'd make? What would you do with the product? <laughs> You want to take this one, champ? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, God, being part of creative is so hard, right? And we all have opinions. And God, being a being a wrestling fan's hard, right? Um, because we all have opinions, and 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 we want to see things a certain way. Um, <laughs> I don't know. There's so much content. There's so much freaking content. There's seven hours of WWE a week for crying out loud, and that's without a pay-per-view. Um, I, 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 I think I would give the rest more freedom to talk and to, to be able to cut their own promos because we know. We know ourselves. We know what our mission is. We know why we want to do things. We know why we don't like people. And if we don't know those things, then we shouldn't be in WWE. My God. See, <laughs> yeah, maybe I'd do that. <laughs> That's a great answer. And But do you think because of how things have changed, the, the growth of social media, it's like they do 90 minutes of digital content a week, I think, and then, as you say, seven hours of, of, of TV. For any creative, for any writer, for any you know person thinking up storylines, that's a tough gig. That's impossible. That's an impossible gig. That is so much content because that is 52 weeks a year. And that, like you said, that's not even counting pay-per-views. So that is an impossible... You, you, you look at any other television show... Uh, 10 episodes an hour a week that's it that's all they do you know that's crazy so what do you think i'm i'm right there yeah. with, with, with her as far as them giving people freedom like what the hell are you doing in a professional company if if you need somebody to to micromanage you like that exactly and i mean first thing i love is i love how not the generic 
mark thing of, oh, if Vince wasn't in it so much, it was like, no, it's like it's not about Vince. It's just give us the free. It's about the thing that actually matters, and that's the wrestlers. So, I mean, because, you know, she was kind of like, the guy was kind of right. Like, that's the cool thing to do is if something goes wrong, instantly blame Vince. We've said it before. It's not just Vince. It's that room full of asshat writers. That's the problem that come up with this And, and not only that, I mean, every story that we've heard, very few of them, aside from Moxley, I guess, being the one red flag where it was just like him and Vince didn't seem to, as much as Vince seemed to like yeah. him, he didn't seem to like Vince, whether he admits it a lot or, or not, you know? It seemed to, yeah. I, I mean, the impression I got from hearing both sides of the story is that Vince had this guy that he liked and was just like, ah, oh, that guy. And, you know, it didn't really take his ambition seriously. And Moxley just wound up leaving on him. You know, yeah, it just seemed like they had two completely different ideas of what he was supposed to be. And they just couldn't like neither was willing to budge for the other. So, so he's the well, one. Then, case. I mean, Moxley did pretty much everything Vince wanted. So, yeah. So he's the one case that I can look at and say, OK. Vince got that one wrong because we know from Moxley firsthand that that's someone who he dealt with. But a lot of the time when you hear about people having trouble with things, it's always a writer. They always talk about certain writers or certain people. It's hardly ever Vince. When you listen to even uh, TJ's story, nowhere in there was Vince. And it was the intro, exactly. the match, and the outro. And nowhere in there was Vince. But he had to answer to a cameraman. He had to answer to the the, the, the fucking uh, referee. You know what I mean? Then you have the people backstage in Gorilla. If if one out of five people in the world is a dick, I don't know if that's right statistics or not, but odds are somebody that you're working with that controls what you do is a dick. If there's a one out of five, somebody has to get me the statistics of what what what's the dick statistics out here? If one out of five people the on dick Earth is statistics, a dick. man, if that could be the episode title. <laughs> Three fifty seven, the dick statistics. Or the, or the dick <laughs> the dick statistics. There you go. <laughs> Something like that. You could write it down. Maybe we could work it in somehow without being okay, you know, but if we could get an like an average of how many people, you know, they say, you know, one in four people potentially would be a dick. And if you have five or six people controlling one person, they're constantly in contact with a dick. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You know I, what I mean? Like one person, like it could ruin your life. But that's the point that I'm making here, that everyone has different ways that they connect with people or don't connect with people or don't get along. Right. Therefore... When you have different people with different stories, I've never really seen them all point to Vince. I always see it being the different writers, and it seems more that it's just the amount of people you have to talk to to even get to Vince. Like the chain of command going all the way to the top is too high to even be thinking about him. And then there's people yeah. that, that have no business being in there, and that's what makes it like a bad situation. Yeah, but see, it's, not, it's easy to go after the cameraman or the the referee or the guy in the referee's earpiece it's easy to go for vince because that's the every that's the only one anybody actually knows right exactly it's almost i hate to say it and i've told you guys before i'm not left or right i have no affiliations when it comes to politics but it's almost like what happens a lot with the stuff in our country we got a lot of things that are that are wrong or people complain about them but they'll try to blame one person you know, they'll be like, oh, it's the mayor of this place or it's that damn president. Like, even though there's like a literal chain of command that has to follow the laws that they're enforcing, that it'll always come down to one person, you know. And then you see what I mean? Like what Six Layer just said, he still blames him because he put that system in place. I blame him for putting that system into place. I don't blame him for the way the system functions currently. Yeah, it's still you know a system. I mean? So it's not just him. Just because Obi-Wan went to Kamina to get the clones doesn't mean that decades later I'm saying fuck Obi-Wan thanks to Stormtroopers. <laughs> you know, for any Star Wars nerds out there. It's like, 
it's two different things. You know what I mean? He put the system in place. The system sort of put itself in place as well. And what I mean by that is if you have a few people and then you have someone who hires a few more people and then another, you remember they used to be a private company. They weren't corporately traded the way that they are now. That changed everything. They had to start having like actual titles and figures and they sort of went a corporate direction with things, which I'm not justifying. I'm not saying I agree with. I'm just explaining how it happened. You know what I mean? Like that system was put into place. It was a, it was an existing system that they adopted and it, it did, uh, make some changes for good because it made them a lot of money. So they can't really knock that system, but it did some changes for bad as far as the creative side of things. I don't see a reason why they can't meet in the middle, but for the old man to take the brunt of it, I don't agree with. And to me, to me, the proof that it's not the system so much as just the people that are in the infrastructure of it is the fact that it's not been a hundred percent bad. You know what I mean? I don't want to sit here and play down memory lane. I don't want to be one of those podcasts where it's to go look at this time, look at this. (laughs) But I'm just saying that since they became a corporate company, a publicly traded PG company, whatever the reason is that you think that it is, whether it's that they left the ads and became PG, they're no longer private, they're, they're publicly traded. We can't, we can all agree that it hasn't been a hundred percent shit during that. You know what I mean? It's not like, man, ever since the moment they did that, there hasn't been a single good thing. There were good errors. There were great matches. There were fantastic papers. There were wonderful WrestleManias. There are moments that like in the last decade, there have been like priceless moments for sure. I've gone to events that have been incredible and wonderful. There's also been shit. There's also been garbage. But the point being that it proves that this system under proper management can still successfully bring you entertainment no different than any other. So now that we know yeah. that, that in the present era, we've been able to experience moments that feel as good as uh, the old moments, we can now rule out the system being the problem. You see what I mean? That's what we're doing here, process of elimination. It can't be Vince because other people are blaming the items, and it can't even be the system because we've had good times with the system. The system's just the system. It doesn't really, it's not the core thing. So what it really comes down to is the people within. Like I keep saying, yeah. specifically the person who is putting it together it it probably is the cameraman or the booker or the writer whoever whoever is putting these things together whoever's making a decision not to use matt hardy properly just as a small example or, or mike canellis properly those are the people that you really have to look at and it's not always vince yeah you know but then when you see like example basically said every time we're sure vince is in charge it seems better vince was in charge for survivor series and that was one of the best ones they've had in a long time so Things don't always seem better just because Vince is in charge. He, he still it's comes up with stuff that works. It's like, sure, there's stuff yeah. that doesn't work, but he still comes up with stuff that works. You can't just say because of him, which is to me is crazy to think that this, this man, uh, like I said, that one time on SmackDown where he came out recently with Kofi and he was like, you know, I created Raw and SmackDown. It's like I created heaven and earth. You know, it's like that's that's shoot words right there, because yeah. at the end of the day, the but, guy, I still I still think that creatively he's one of the better people um, as far as yeah. performer or or creative. I just think that the he's bad, not the one managing the whole thing because you can't manage the whole thing anymore. Yeah, The bad is, if, if you're going to say the bad is because of Vince, you're going to say the good because of Vince too because it's the same guy running the same company. It's not like a, and you guys know I'm a big Triple H fan, but it's not like he's this wrestling wizard. He's not like the Neo of wrestling and he's somehow the magic touch that he has is the reason NXT is so good because the reality is he's smart enough to not micromanage it. And that's where he 
lets the brand thrive. It's not that he, because people give, it's, it's weird how it's a double standard here. Like Vince is responsible for every bad decision in, in Raw and SmackDown. And Triple H is responsible for every good thing in NXT. And I don't think that's the case in either one. Vince is overmanaging guys. So, so, or Vince's people are overmanaging guys. And that's what the bad is. Oh, give me a second. I'm gonna just adjust the audio real quick. We do it live. Yeah, there we go. But yeah, so, so Vince is just, uh, and then Triple H on the other hand, he's not as on hand. He's on hand with the camera angles and stuff, but he lets these guys go and have matches. And yes, I know we've heard that, that, uh, the pay-per-views, they choreograph those matches as well. I don't agree with that either. With NXT, they literally choreograph, they rehearse the entire pay-per-view basically. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, you see what I mean? Like it, it's just becoming something different from even wrestling when you take it to I mean- that extent where, everything is that planned ahead of time i mean when you look at it like this so what about the times when nxt has a shit night you never hear a single person blame triple h well how nobody ever knows a, what to blame i can't even really think of any shit nights i'm not being a mark here i mean just what, this what night when nights? you know things weren't as good as they could have been See, but they're not over. They don't overproduce. So even things that they're worth are just okay. Nothing stupid. They're not trying to make like the most that could happen is someone botching a match, and that doesn't really happen very often. There, it's like they, yeah. they're very, very safe booking. You know, they're more focused on the wrestling and the in-ring work than any of the things that would make you hate a show. When you complain about Raw, what do you complain about? You complain about a lot of the bad storylines, a lot of the bad scripting, a lot of the bad writing, the things that don't feel organic because you can sort of tell everyone's being controlled. All things that NXT doesn't suffer from. The, you know, the interruptions to go cut to the family of the special needs kids and the, and the survivors of cancer and the, the victims of hurricanes and, you know, the molesters of children and all this other shit. You know what I mean? Like, we're going to shout out everybody in the world who's gone through any level of fucking pain. We get it. But it's like a thousand times, even though they emphasize all the time that this is supposed to be an escape from reality. Well, you know, I hate to be selfish, but if these little two, three block hour segments that we're having here watching wrestling is supposed to be escape from reality could you not remind me that you know that there are people in the world born missing a fucking chromosome can you not remind <laughs> me that uh you know there's been natural disasters that can hit any of us that we can all die at any given time the cancer's out there and then i might have it right now my parents could die of it my family could all be killed and these people that we're seeing might not even fucking survive to be old but they're here in front of us applaud you know what i mean like that's the problem that's the problem right there with with the Raw specifically, more so because SmackDown doesn't suffer from that. But that's the problem. There's a lot of stuff that prevents you from escaping from what's supposed to be an escape. It's supposed to be a show that lets you just forget about things. When's the last time you felt that way watching like a show you like? Like when's the last time you watched Rick and Morty and something in the middle annoyed you? It doesn't Not happen. A single time. You're watching Rick and Morty from beginning to end and that was the episode and nowhere at any point in it did you have any different feelings about the fact that you were watching this. That's the way it's supposed to be. That's sort of how it is the, when you watch NXT. That's how it is when you watch Ring, you, even Ring of Honor you, had that. You know? The only time you're dealing with reality is before it go, comes on and after it goes off. That's it. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but it's just, like I said, it's, it's just a weird situation. Cause it's, it's Vince isn't doing all of that. It's like he's an old man and I, and I give him credit. I get it. He works out. He drinks at night and then goes to the gym and till five in the morning and he's all built and crazy and shit. But nonetheless, he can't be everywhere at once, you know, and he's not responsible for everything. So it's, it's like there's a lot of, of, of points there and there's a lot of people. And yeah, I agree where, um, I would just get rid of everyone. I've said that. Dude, I've, it wasn't five years of me on here saying I would get rid of everyone with no hesitation. I would control all, delete, and task on each one of them. 
just straight down the row until they're all gone. Like I wouldn't even there'd be no like that would be the one time if I was Vince I'd be unreachable. There'd be no no final talk. That it would just I would just pour out most of that, those roles that are not needed. We've seen good, nope. Yo, we've seen good wrestling shows put together with like a fraction of the staff that they have. I think that that would calm a lot of the shit down and i'm not talking about people who run the things like the pyros and the tron obviously you need more for their sets but the backstage the creative that could be literally almost fully eliminated man you know it i know it. we know we see other companies thrive without it and do better than them at times yeah and anytime we've heard about anything good it was something that almost that they almost cut that wasn't even like that they were responsible for like look at the the uh the festival of friendship with jericho one of my favorite things that almost got cut yeah he 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 spoke we heard it from his own mouth he had to struggle for it and that day vince wasn't there and he had to fight for it because they didn't want to give it to him and i believe it was even triple h within what was one of the people who he just didn't want to give him the segment they just wanted to have him turn heel on owens and that'd be it and he insisted that he had this whole thing planned with the festival yeah. and it was gonna go out there and it was fantastic and that was all him 100 yeah, yeah. the only thing creative was responsible for was almost us not having that do we need them because that means that without them that would have existed yeah, and see, right there, that's another case right there. You never hear about that story about Triple H doing something where somebody wouldn't have liked it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But but, but, but you can hear every time NXT is fantastic. All Triple H run the company. Well, guess what? Triple H was almost the reason we didn't get one of the best heel turns in the game. Exactly. It's overproduced. Yeah. Man. People don't want to. People don't want to face that fact. It is overproduced. Yeah. I can't. It's, emphasize it's that always enough. the easy route, and the easy route is blaming Vince. Yeah, it's not Vince. It's, it's not Trips. It's but I think that they need been more than Vince. It's all the people around them that are the, the, the creative team together. You can't have that many people control something and it come out that way, like the, what they're trying to do here. I yeah. don't know what the happy medium is because I'm starting to suspect that AEW is on the extreme opposite with creative, and that's not working out for them either. You know, they're, they're somewhere in the middle between these two styles where people have to meet. And that middle, to me, quite honestly, has always really been New Japan. <laughs> And it's not because yeah. I watch them regularly or consistently or anything. It's just that whenever I look at that company, they always seem to have the perfect blend of good wrestling, good storytelling, good booking. No one ever seems like a jobber. Everyone seems to be a character that matters. No one ever feels like shunned or like there's, they're a lesser person. There's no segments that you watch where you're like, why did that happen? Or what the fuck was that? Or, or this didn't make any sense. They go on and off the air and you're satisfied the entire time. They're the only people who in their company seem to have this perfect balance where they know what they are and they're, they're honest about it and they do it. And that's really all that there is to it. You know, everyone else seems to have a bit of an imbalance here. I think WWE being higher in the spotlight, they suffer from uh, the attention of it more. But it is there nonetheless. I think the reason that they're more at fault, though, is because it will be easier for them to solve their problem. Most companies' problem is growth. Their problem is shrinking. They need to just get rid of a lot of these people. Cut a lot of the, not the wrestlers, cut a lot of the people that are in the middle. You don't need a guy that will tell you anything about coming down the ramp. Trust me. Trust me, you you will be okay without all that nonsense. You don't need someone, you don't need a producer to tell every move that you're doing. You definitely, his job doesn't mean anything. Get that guy a Pornhub account, let him go jerk off on the side. He's not doing anything. That's not a real job. That's not a real job at all. You know what I mean? Like, that's literally not a job, you know? And it's funny that that TJP asked him, why do you need that? And uh, they don't have an answer because there is no fucking answer. There's no reason. There's like no reason whatsoever to know every move. There's nothing that he can do with that information. Okay, take two steps. Stop. Who the fuck needs to know that? You know, tell you where you're going to do it, when you're going to do it, what spot of the ring you're going to do it in. They don't need that. They absolutely don't. You should be glad I'm doing this shit. (laughs) So these are the things that I'm talking about. 
And I'm thinking about it. There's some wrestlers that must be hell to choreograph their matches done. See guys like Umberto Carrillo and Ricochet, where they do everything from everywhere. Like you I mean to tell me the they sit reason. there and like, okay, I'm gonna go to this corner, this corner, then I'm gonna go to that corner, over the ropes twice, and that back corner. Like, get the fuck out of here. I bet that's the reason why legends don't even show up that much anymore. They're like, who the hell wants to do that? Yeah. I'm already retired, and I gotta go and some have have some guy half my age bother me about this. You know, I've, you've heard stories of people tearing up the script right in the face of them. Like, get out of here with that. What do you think? When I didn't come here to do this, you know, it's like who who wants to be a part of that? I'm sure that's the reason why The Rock probably doesn't want to come back. Because yeah. he's in good shape. He could wrestle and everything. Who the hell wants to put up with this new way to create everything? Like, they think they control. They don't understand how to treat legends, I'm sure. I've heard stories about that with legends, where they come back and it's all it's all overproduced. It's just crazy. No one wants to be part of this fucking freak show. Exactly. You know, that's what it's really becoming. It's like, you come back, it's less, it's not casual enough, you know? And I mean, I get it. There's a corporate atmosphere, but it's not, it has to be, it has to be more casual than that, man. I don't care what anybody says. That's not a wrestling locker room. It's becoming something else and it makes people uncomfortable. Nobody's enjoying themselves. That's not how it should be. Literally, the only reason people are there is because of the money. Think about that for a minute. The money is the only fucking reason. That's that's a bad job. That's like, you know, it, and it sucks because it's good money. Most people try to make as much money as they can and then get out to ensure that they never have to go back there. Like the army, like serving, like going to war. And that's still less produced than the WWE. <laughs> God. Tell me I'm wrong. See, the audience agrees. <laughs> oh my god anyway yeah so you see, we're say. not saying that's not he doesn't have a lot of blame to accept but the problem is everybody doesn't need to just skip over everybody else and go straight to him he he has to answer to investors and a whole bunch of other people when he does these quarterly uh meetings you know these savings the, these earnings meetings and these reports he has a lot of people to answer to for a lot of things it's more complicated you know so it's like yeah i get what you're saying and it doesn't have to be this way but they're not willing to suffer the expense that it would cost them to not be this way the resources that they would have the advertisements that they would lose it's about money like i said it's become about money for the company and in turn shit rolls downhill it became about money for the wrestlers it used to be it vince this used to be a business about making money sure but it had a soul to it when vince and linda first did this and they took their chance on their first wrestlemania you know what I mean? It wasn't about, uh, it was about money, but it was also something that they put their passion into. And in turn, the people who they had working for them put their passion into it. And in turn, since that's the way things work and the way energy works, the fans that supported it put their passion into it. And you see how that works? Now at the very top of the chain, you got people that are doing specific things specifically for money. And in turn, that makes your wrestlers be there specifically for money. And your fans are just yeah. miserable. You know, because it's like they're not they can't get any money out of it. They're just still spending it. <laughs> right. Buy your DVDs and your phone fingers and your hoo-hahs and fucking your replica Eric Rowan steel cage. They're probably gonna be selling that shit for six thousand dollars too, like the fucking belt. Like, Man, I don't know what year where you're watching. I haven't seen a foam finger in the they don't have anything in the in the crowd anymore. I was just throwing shit out there <laughs> foam finger. They probably throw them out for having a foam finger. <laughs> You know, they probably kicked them out. Look, that guy has a foam finger that says, we love WWE. They don't give a shit. It's a foam finger. Oh, you're going to draw God. too much attention away from how boring the product is. You know what it is? They're scared you're going to walk in the right to smack Seth Rollins with it. Yeah, you know. I'm going to fucking sell yeah. it to my zipper and show up there. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's a foam oh. finger. Pull my finger. <laughs> You stupid. 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> pull my finger. Alright, so in other news, I wanted to discuss a little bit more, and we're probably the only people discussing a little bit more at this point, is Mike and Maria Canellis. You remember them? Cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you barely remember, right? It's like it's like from another Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it was the knocked up chick and his wife. Yes, the knocked up chick and his wife. Um, so Bully Ray was on Busted Open Radio, and he said that uh, he heard from some of the boys in the locker room that uh, Mike and Maria might have misled the company and Vince when they resigned their contract. He's quoted saying that he heard rumors and not internet rumors dirt and dirt sheet rumors. He's heard talk of some of some scuttlebutt amongst the boys that Mike and Maria might have misled the, the WWE when their new contracts were signed. And he doesn't know this for a fact, but he's saying that maybe WWE didn't want to release them because they want to keep them and get their money's worth out of them. And uh there's been speculation in regards to how it is that they deceived WWE. We spoke briefly about it a little bit here when they re-signed their contracts. But some of the speculation is that the, the Maria didn't inform WWE about her pregnancy at the contract signing. And this inconvenienced Paul Heyman because apparently he was going to be pushing them. And that had WWE known they were pregnant, uh, they wouldn't have gotten the deal that they got when they signed their contracts. And uh, the fact that she used that basically meant that they have to pay her for a year because uh, of paid leave. You get paid leave when you're pregnant. It's not like they could freeze her contract like they could the other people. She basically signed the contract and then said, I'm pregnant and out for nine months. Those are, those are nine months of paid leave based on the thing. She technically, this is kind of like the thing with them and the independent contractors, the way they kind of play between the rules with their, with their words and their, and their signatures and their kind of, then they technically aren't doing anything wrong. She technically didn't do anything wrong. You know what I mean? Like she technically fucked them. You know, like in a corporate way. But that's what's going around. Because if you recall that contract signing, it was like she signed the contract and the next day she announced she was pregnant and no one knew. It was a shoot pregnancy. It wasn't just like in storyline. And that put her on the shelf. There were people on comments that were saying that Mike and Maria were using WWE like a welfare system. Which, I don't know, you could take that one way or the other. But there were also people saying that they kind of think it's nice that uh, a company that usually gets over so much gets a little bit of their just desserts here. And that they got to play by the corporate rules, too. I don't know how, how you guys feel about it. I, I think it's interesting. I almost find it impossible for this to not be true. Just because yeah, she did too, sign a new five-year contract. She, she did sign a new five-year contract and was pregnant immediately afterwards. Yeah. And uh, I'm glad you mentioned that, Kula, because you're right. You know, that whole thing where Mike said that about the storyline not contributing to him asking for his release. Yeah, I think... I think that he definitely, first of all, that storyline where they started to bury them was done, I guess, out of spite because of the fact that they managed to make this little loophole of getting nine months of free money. Yeah. At the same time, WWE somewhat to blame because they were desperate at that time to get whoever they could to stick around because of AEW's launch. And in doing so, they blindly just signed people without looking at little details like where they were in life when they planned on starting a family. Maria Canellis wasn't a high enough profile person for them to be invested enough to have known that she was planning on having another kid or to even think about factoring that into the contract. Ronda Rousey was high enough profile. They knew when she was going to struggle to start a family before she had even started the fucking for it. <laughs> Yet with Maria, she's already with child and they didn't know about that. They were just busy trying to sign contracts to people. And that's the reason why they wound up in this situation. And then what do they do whenever they can't control you? 
they lash out the only way they can creatively they'll shit on you know we're gonna screw with your storyline or whatever which really doesn't because it still just draws more emphasis to it but uh mike cool getting back to what you were saying about him mike asked for his release and then obviously they refused it i've heard some people say well you know what that goes to show that that it's more mike and maria being being antagonists to the situation here because wwe could have gotten out of that shitty contract situation with the pregnancy and they still didn't let him go no you're misunderstanding mike asked for his release i didn't hear any story at any point ever of maria canellis asking for her release at all as a matter of fact if you really go back and read anything that the two of them discuss carefully they almost always speak of it as two completely separate things and if they hire them independently then they get even more screwed because mike gets his release from this five-year contract and they're still paying maria on paternity leave over there so yeah Sounds like WWE might have gotten finger cuffed. Oh my god! <laughs> that's just my opinion. It's assuming that the information yeah. we have here is correct. I'm just saying that that seems to me <laughs> what happened. And now, where there's an awkward situation, and you see contracts can be can be scary. Damn contract, you scary. You know, Paul Heyman once said Maria Kanellis is one of the great wrestling minds, which everyone found to be a very interesting statement. This was years ago. I remember in a promo, he said she's one of the great wrestling minds of the business. And people were like, Maria? You know what? I mean, hey, I always said it came from Paul Heyman. There has to be a reason why he said that. She's not a stupid person. Oh, boy. So, as I've heard it said before many times, you know, congratulations to Mike Canales and his penis. (laughs) You know? (laughs) Oh, man. And on the other hand, someone who did get granted his release, Sin Cara, went back to AAA. You hear about that? Sin Cara yeah, I did hear he, uh, he went back home pretty much. Yeah, every Sin Cara winds up leaving this country, never wanting to return, right? Right. It's, a, it's crazy. <laughs> Let's have a look at this here. We got a Sin Cara. <laughs> that was exciting. I always find it funny that like it was his WWE music too. Like, yeah, so there's some stuff going on around that because uh Yeah. <laughs> I'm hearing all kinds of mixed stuff. Like according to Meltzer, um Triple A didn't have any kind of deal worked out with WWE to use the Sincara name. And uh there was he he was uh he was on a ninety day non compete clause also. So uh you know. Meltzer said he wasn't sure if WWE approved it or if they just basically said whatever and his mentality was I'm doing it in Mexico be you know, and that was just it. I believe Alberto Patron did something similar to them, didn't he? Where he just went to Mexico, was just like fuck him, whatever. I think I think it might just be a country thing where they just uh could be. Know, Maybe they just yeah, didn't give a fuck. We don't, him doing we don't, the same thing. That's the thing. The speculation about whether or not WWE agreed, which I couldn't imagine, and or if they just like fuck it, we're in Mexico. Essay. We <laughs> <laughs> had to throw the essay all to that. You know, but yeah, he just you're right. He has his music. He has look at the graphic and everything. He's in the Sincara yeah. suit. You know, he's called Sincara. Or if they didn't copyright it for Mexico, is another possibility that we're hearing. Maybe there's a different copyright for out there than in here. Could be, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a messy one for sure. The original name of the character was Mystico, right? And that's who the yeah, other Mystico guy was. Mystico was his original name before he came over. That was the other dude. 
that got sent back. Yeah. Well, now, but that was the, the gimmick with that mask style with the wings or whatever the hell. That style of whoever that person is, kind of like the way suicide became uh manic. Manic. That's what I'm saying. Like mystical is Sin Cara. They didn't own mystical because that came from Mexico. I don't know where Sin Cara came from. I, they might that might have been their version of him being mystical. You know what I mean? I forget the story, the origin behind it. I just remember it always. Uh, they for the first maybe couple of months he was around, they always used to put over the fact that Sin Cara means uh faceless, pretty much without yeah, face, without face, because he was one of the only wrestlers that around there who wore a full face mask. Uh huh. Well, he's hoping he's happier there. I'm sure he is. Everyone, who, they haven't seen oh. one case of anybody not being happy. And also, um, shout out to Marceline. She was listening on demand and she mentioned what we used to use whenever somebody left WWE was the, uh, oh, the, yeah. the GTA wasted sound, which I, I don't think that will be good because you're not really wasted when you leave there anymore. No, no, yeah. There's got to be something different from there. Like, that's got to be used for like a really bad bump. Like, or if you get rolled over, rolled up in a money in the bank match, but yeah. It's still the fucking greatest botch of me. I've never heard you laugh so hard. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Yeah, that was. What was, <laughs> was magical? Oh, awesome stuff. All right. Well, Matt Hardy. There's been some stories with him tonight. I'm sure you saw what happened tonight, um, which I'm not sure if anything that happened tonight is connecting with anything uh, that we're going to talk about, but I suspect that it very possibly could be. I don't know if you heard, but. There's been some stuff said in regards to him in WWE and his run being almost over. Yeah, this is this talk. It might be about time. Yeah. Uh, he tweeted out, I know the slump and losses won't last forever. My countdown to Arcadia has begun. I will show up and do my job. We'll get past this together. I've received so much love, support, and sympathy tonight from the most vocal audience. Without you, there's no me. Thank you all. When he says something like, I will show up and do my job, you know, we'll get past this together. It almost sounds like he's literally saying, I'm just going to do the amount of time left on my contract and then I'm out of here, guys. I will see you later. I am done. Goodbye. Then Rebbe's tweets out. Uh, well, actually, first Hardy tweets more. And he says, I needed to return to WWE to finish in the right way. I didn't want 2010 to be my finale. I returned in the most epic way and repaid my debt. I waved the, the WWE flag with pride and worked hard to be a model employee. My conscience is clear and I am at peace. And then, ah, uh, Rebby tweeted, repaid your debt, but they'll still rub it in your face every chance they get. That's okay. We don't pretend the less than perfect shit never happened here. So, uh, yeah, they sound like they've had about just enough of it, you know? Yeah, I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. So you might be seeing just the end of it, you know, like people just slowly leaving. I mean, what can they do? Fire them for what they say. The most they could do is job them out and still have to keep paying them. It's, it's a matter of how much money do they really want to spend doing that. Like I said, I knew it was going to get weird, man. I knew it was going to be a weird situation, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. And Matt Hardy put out a, a video recently. Uh, this is called, this is a series he does called Free the Delete. He's up to episode five of it. I'm going to link you guys to the entire thing in the chat room. But this episode... It almost seems like he's going back to uh, being broken, and that's clearly not going to be in WWE. <laughs> I have grown the reservoir of altering rebirth has returned me to my form. I am ready to delete, 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 delete. <laughs> 
I've invited you all here because these events must be documented. My child, you must now do battle and test your refurbished abilities. You! Who the fuck was that? You were sparring with me earlier. It is time for us to do battle. No, man. I, you know, I've wrestled regular, Matt, but, but not this version. Well, if this obsolete mule known as Rob can cannot we need to reincarnate you into something that can it's time for you to Skarsgård. What is this shit? <laughs> I'm gonna tweet that out for you guys right now on social, social media. Right? <laughs> yeah, well, my damn dilapidated boat, motherfucker. <laughs> See, he needs to leave this. We can get more of this, right? He's just, he's just got, the, he's just fun. Like I don't, I don't want to see woken. I want to see broken. Like, yeah, exactly. There'll be great wrestling everywhere eventually once WWE unclasps their grasps. Right. Didn't mean to make that rhyme terrible. Don't stay on a clinch. You'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, that didn't rhyme. That worked. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, uh, you know, you, for anyone who saw Raw tonight, we'll get into it later on, but I kind of feel like that happened earlier, and now we had that awkward moment with Matt Hardy, which we'll get into. I kind of feel like that might have been connecting. I don't know who was screwing who there, but there was... What Just to me, after everything we've, we've spoken about tonight, just what a coincidence... You know what I mean? Like, I'm here I am, I'm putting this story together for us tonight, and then I saw the Matt Hardy thing happen. And it was just like, man, are you kidding me? You know? Right? That, I, I don't get it. Yeah. Because it's like, when they do this stuff, it doesn't make them look any better. Like, <laughs> all you're going to do is make people that much happier when they leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it seems like their logic is almost like, hey, if we bury enough, bury them enough, maybe they'll want to stay so they could bounce back. Like, no, they're going to want to get the fuck out even quicker. Yeah, nah, it's definitely, definitely a damn shame. So, uh, Daniel Cormier recently uh, spoke to BT Sports about possibly the reasons why he, uh, I guess, isn't in WWE yet. Figured I would let you guys hear it. I could spoke about him being part of it after Fox. Regarding you then, mm-hmm. when you have your hand raised and you uh, become uh, champion once again, you walk off into the sunset and do some other things. Now, you got us all excited with the little bit of a back and forth with Brock Lesnar. Yeah. 
maybe WWE? Could we see you in the DC? <laughs> you know, I've, I've talked to the WWE on a number of occasions. I bet you have, yeah. They want to work together. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I almost was... I almost came to the press conference for Brock versus Kane to play a role of a fight builder, you know, but unfortunately my schedule didn't work. I've got, I had an offer to work that new show. They have WWE backstage on Fox. Um, obviously it, it just didn't work with the new relationship with ESPN. But I mean, we are constantly trying to find ways to get me involved in the product. And, and as a big time fan of the WWE, nothing makes me happier. Uh, I've, I've got some great opportunities, man. Like, I, I'm lucky. You know, I've got some, some things outside of the octagon that's going to carry me on for a long time. And, um. The kids would love to see Daddy in the WWE, wouldn't they? They would. My Just son would, on, for man. sure. My son would love it. He loves seeing Kane in there. It's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. All I'm saying is, just don't job to Brock when you come over. That's- yeah, didn't he say something recently about Brock? Oh, God, I can't even remember. I haven't pay attention to Cormier in so long since freaking Stipe knocked him out again. Like a- I don't know. He said something about taking on Brock. I don't know what it is, but I saw a Heyman tweet. I actually have it here where he said it's it's easy to game republicly calling out the top box office attraction. Uh, Daniel Cormier can't hang with Brock Lesnar in the Brocktagon nor a WWE ring and he can't hang with me on the mic. Maybe he could try to hang with Brock on the mic and me in the ring. Maybe. And I guess well, that Brock was in, didn't talk, so. <laughs> that was in response to Cormier calling him out. So. I don't know what Cormier's original thing was here. Uh, I have no idea. Now, the only thing that would have made him showing up at that press conference cool, it wouldn't have been the Brock thing. It would have been the fact that it's like he and Kane are not only really close, but they were teammates. In fact, uh, he's the reason Kane, uh, DC went to light heavyweight divisions because they promised they'd never fight each other, and Kane was champion at the time. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there. But, bro, you could barely get a. You could barely get Brock Lesnar to stick around here to be part of the damn company. You know, right. I, forget, I forget that there's two titles at times, right? Exactly. I mean, do I remember we had that wondrous or that wonderful WWE title match on last Sunday? Oh, wait, never mind. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, it's becoming a joke. I don't know why they would. I, 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 th- I think that's why I wasn't even that mad at the fact that Bray's belt was on the line because Lee Bray showed up. If someone in creative cared at all about this product, they would trick WWE into making another title. Just make another title and give it to the top guy in Raw and call it something else and let that other title be Brock's forever. Yeah. We'll just sort of announce it. Like, everyone who's in the know will know what the deal is, you know? Like, these are the titles and that other shit that he had. Kind of do what Vince Russo was going to do to Hogan in that one pay-per-view. Remember Hogan and Jared? That title that he left here, Uh, that's not even the title anymore. You'll never see that piece of shit here again. But like, but like, without saying it, because you wouldn't need to tell Brock that, because you probably would never see him again if you didn't call him. And now, uh, you know, just keep that title. That's like a going away present. You know, let him just keep that title. Fuck it, WWE champion forever. Just keep that, yeah, forever. Call him the forever WWE champion, forever weight champion, and let him have that shit. And just go take it. Let's just make another we'll one. The, Fuck it. Then we'll have the actual one. Here on the show with the guys who actually show up and actually wrestle on TV. Like, you know, I'm playing a video game and my D-pad starts acting a little funny. Then I go and I get another controller. I don't sit here and fucking worry about it, right? You know, like, let them have it. And you know what that controller turns Trade that, 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 that other belt the, into GameStop. And, and, <laughs> wow. <laughs> just because I'm here, right? Okay. But no, I, <laughs> I'm just saying 1370. No, I'm kidding. But, um, <laughs> you know what you do with that controller? That's the controller you give to your friends when they come over. That controller never sees a light of day unless it's that case. There you go. Brock, Brock is the guest controller of WWE. 
Oh, God. Sugar Saints and Tyson Fury D-pad. Then it wouldn't work. Yo. I can't, you said Brock is the guest controller. <laughs> you know. I know, from I, back know what, no I know exactly what controller you meant. That, that controller that has some issues every once in a blue moon. I'm so, you know, you got to last just long enough till it fucks up that one good time. See, I, I'm I'm classy about my guest controllers. Rather than them being <laughs> rather than being defective hand me downs, I just get new cheap shit. Like I like I have a guest controller that's like I forget it was like fourteen dollars. It's a clear controller. It looks clear like the beepers used to look in the nineties, and it has a and it's and it's wired only. But I'm like whatever. Like controllers are sixty bucks, and the rare event that I have a guest here that's gonna play games, which I actually have more periodic than I anticipated. But that being said, hey, you gotta. Got a guest control. You got a Brock controller over there. That's a wire. It's clear. It's hardly ever around. Never really needed you, or used. Didn't cost that you, much you, money you, though. That's the main difference between that and Brock. This is more like the equivocal <laughs> of if I would have bought like, uh, what, what the hell is that, that super controller called that the Xbox has? The, uh, the elite, the elite control. This is more like if I bought an elite controller as my guest controller and then I use the $14 one every week. Yo, fucking Sugar Shades beat me to the punch. Brock is the Mad Cat controller. Yeah, if the Mad Cat controller costs $100 like the Elite. And now they got an Elite Series 2. Yeah. And for PS4, they got the $200 scuff. Yeah, that's Brock's daughter. Oh, for fuck's sake. By the way, she, uh, she, uh, you know, she acknowledged us at least. Yeah, shout out to Maya. Yeah, she gave us a like at least, right? Yeah. We got Hogan. We got the War Raiders. We got that chick from The Walking Dead. We got the fucking whispers. We got Maya Lesnar. Like we, don't you ever let somebody tell us we ain't out here? We out here. All right? We could form our own Legion of Doom. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! You open the door, and Maya Lesnar greets you with the. Oh my God! Yes. So she. Oh my God. <laughs> let me stop for that girl. Kick my fucking window in and shit. All right, moving along. We got doing good pacing here. We got good, making good time. Good time. Uh there have been some wellness policy violations. Did you hear about that? I'm sure you had to. Impossible to be part of this show and not hear about it. Those were uh, definitely not glorious. Yeah, yeah. Somebody took the wrong bowl of tricks. I mean, hold on with Billy Graham. I'm telling you, man. Yeah, man. Got to be careful. Don't take that Billy Graham advice. <laughs> so, bringing them up on screen here. Primo Cologne and Robert Rude. They both have 30-day suspensions for their first offense of the WWE wellness policy. The fuck Primo need to be on the juice for? He ain't on TV. (laughs) Well, you know how that wellness policy works. They never disclose what your reason is for for being there, you know? I'm so mad that I'm going to crack this joke, but Primo looks like the guy who would walk in my store saying, you have a soccer 20? Oh, my God. Moving (laughs) along, though. I couldn't ignore it. I had to think. Yeah, and the way they explained Rude's injury, well, they explained his absence as an injury. They basically said that he had an injury because he fought against Roman Reigns. And uh, yeah, this is the reason why they had to change the, and this is the reason they had to change the TLC matches around, which he was supposed to be involved in, but instead they couldn't do that. And I guess it was supposed to be Ziggler and Rude. Yeah, it was supposed to be Ziggler and Rude instead of the Revival versus New Day. It looks to me like because of Robert Rude's wellness policy violation, they're punishing him because, uh, they seem to have permanently taken Ziggler away and put him with Corbin. Yeah, but then again, those two were kind of like starting to gel with Corbin anyway. So it yeah, seemed like it was but, getting to that point, but maybe Rude was supposed to be a part of that. 
Maybe, but right now it doesn't. And then they just like didn't either. mention him at all during the pay per view. I didn't think about that till uh, this popped up. Yeah. So uh, yeah, pretty unfortunate. So they're gonna be off for a while. Primo Cologne actually spoke up about it. The the interview was in Spanish, but we have the translation here. This was uh from Primera Primera Hora in Puerto Rico. Uh and he's quoted as saying, "I was not on the road with the company." I was not scheduled for any event in the near future. I am in Puerto Rico. When they called me suddenly, not to use me, but to tra- but to travel to do a, uh, a doping test, I was ready to do it. But I told them that I was in Puerto Rico and that I was willing to go to a place, laboratory, that they chose to test me without any problem, without any discomfort. I was not going to pay for a trip to just get tested for doping. I didn't hear anything from the company, and I thought they were going to call me when they found a place to do the test. Almost two months passed, and I get a letter that I'm suspended, according to them, because I refused to take the test. And that is not correct. They took it as I was out of the country, but I was available. I don't want them to say that I failed to test positive because that is totally false and incorrect. They usually do their doping tests at events. Someone appears there to collect the urine of fighters, employees, referees to do their evaluation once a month. I did not say anything positive. I was in Puerto Rico. I have to clarify because my reputation is worth more than any check. So, yeah, it almost sounds like they wanted to fly the guy from Puerto Rico to the United States for a, a doping test without having any plans for him and then he said look i'd rather go to a place locally and have it done and send you guys the test and then they never responded and they were just like fuck it you're suspended that's kind of like what happened to Paige, even when she was on her downslope like there was a point where she said that she she didn't you know she wasn't in the country literally she was in mexico remember or some shit like that and yeah. they, she, that was one of her wellness policy violations it's like and at the time we weren't sure but now we're hearing almost the exact story from a different person yeah pretty much it's just like you can't, especially if you're not using them. And the other thing with Shoshane, if it was Usada, Usada would have came to him. This wouldn't even be an issue. <laughs> like, if if it's one thing, if he's in the United States and he just doesn't want to do his shit. But if you if give him a situation, like he's literally giving you a solution to where he can just get it done with no issue. Because like you said, they're not using him. So, I mean, the least you could do is throw a guy a bone, let him do a situation where it might, where you can get the same end game, but it's just a little bit more convenient to him. It's not like it's screwing up your time schedule. Like, yeah. It's yeah, almost more annoying because it's somebody who they made clear they have no intention of using. So it's like, what's the big deal? It's almost like they just want to try to trim the fat. You know what I mean? Depending on who yeah. releases who depends on, I guess, the downside. Like, if you ask for your release from WWE, I'm pretty sure you get less money than if they release you. Maybe sometimes it's easier to trim the fat doing stuff like this. You know, oh, you violate the wellness policy. Like, I don't know what they're thinking is, honestly. Like, it's weird. It, it seems almost more random than, than than anything, you know? Exactly. It doesn't make any sense. It's just weird. It's just a strange company, man. And like I said, that's why I had the disclaimer at the beginning where I kind of felt like just the way we talked about the beginning with TJP and how choreographed it is. And now we're going down this rabbit hole of just nonsense. Just kind of takes the fun out of even being a fan of the specific company, not wrestling, but just them. It almost makes me feel like, you know, I don't even need to like, like I've been paying you guys for the WWE Network since the day that it came out. I almost feel like I don't even need to give you money for you to keep existing anymore. Like you could just exist and I keep my money. You know, it's that just one more thing on the list of things for me at this point. Like sometimes I kind of feel like legit the only way to get through to a company like that is just to pull your support. 
And it won't yeah, work because there's so many fans and they're so big. It's like, what are we going to do? We're a tiny little community here, you know, in the corner of the world. And there's millions of communities like us that would, would counter that and support it and kiss his ass now. You know, there's now an AEW counterculture out there, which you guys know me. You've known me since before any of this shit existed. I've never been pro or, or con to any specific company aside from TNA when they were at their worst because that shit needed to die. And then I kind of left them alone after they stopped mistreating the the, the talent. But uh, that being said, you know, names like, uh, and we've said many times here, names like Roderick Strong and Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis and, uh, you know, all the other people that you're seeing, they're, they're, they're not new to us. They're not fresh to our lips on this network. Because at the end of the day, we were talking about them in 2013 and 2014, you know? So, uh, exactly. Like a lot of people saw what we saw at TLC with the Daniel Bryan thing, and all they see was the original NXT, where we see the guy who was ROH world champion kicking the shit out, getting the shit kicked out by Michael, by Nigel McGinnis, and back and forth for weeks on end. Like, you know, so I look at this and it's like, there are other alternatives. This company right now, it just feels like a shitty place to try to enjoy anything, you know, and they have to try to change that. And again, I can't blame Vince for all of this. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, every time we like, we can't blame Vince because eventually the same shit's going to happen to Vince that happened to Dixie. There'll be no more Vince, just like there was no more Dixie and nothing changed. Dixie exactly. was gone. And then, and then who's going to blame then? Vince Russo got fired from their first. Nothing changed. Jeff Jarrett left TNA. Nothing changed. You know what I mean? Like, after a while, you start to realize that it's the group of people that you have. You know what they say about a person that's smart, but people are stupid? You know, it's the group of people that you have collectively that are what make compiles this list of idiots. Yeah. I'm sure the Colognes are surprised to still be with the company. Exactly. Ah, oh, man. You mean to tell me they still paying me? Are you shitting me? <laughs> Yeah, I feel like every time they, every, I feel like every time they get a, they, they get a check in the mail, it's gotta be like fucking Yahtzee. Boom, check. <laughs> if the contract's still running, it's not frozen water out there. I guess that's part <laughs> of the agreement of the contract. I don't even know how anything works nowadays with these companies, man. No, I, I know they could tack on time for an injury until fucking Harper wanted to leave. Yeah, it's, it's like a Play-Doh contract, right? You could just mold it however you want, whenever you want. It's not like it doesn't oh have one God. consistent form as the way that it seems. Because how long have we been talking about contracts on here? How many years? And yet there's still new shit you find out about contracts. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's unbelievable. So, WWE backstage, huh? Highest rated thing. Nah, I don't somewhere. Know yeah, somewhere that's not here or there or anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, CM Punk said a few things that that uh that I thought were kind of funny. I don't know if you heard about the Lana one that he said this was before the TLC thing happened. Oh God, I don't know what it is, but because it's time to make a fun of Lana, I want to hear it. All right, I'll let you hear, it and then we'll talk about it. Oh, but is you have they have a match, they have a blow off, right? Mm-hmm. I don't think Rusev wants to be involved with Lana anymore on screen, so him, uh, Lana and Bobby go off, they do their thing, but eventually, you know what? Lana grinds on the nerves. Bobby's sick of her. So what they do is is he leaves Lana too. They have another divorce. Okay, they're okay. out. They're out. She gets another tag team. King's Court. Okay, team. to go after Rusev and Bobby, who have become best friends. Oh yeah. Because they have the the familiar, the ex-wife, yeah, where they're yeah. just like, oh man, this wow. broad. We gotta, you know. Yeah. They become yeah. drinking buddies. This yeah. new tag team with Lana in tow go after them, and what they do at WrestleMania. They put Lana in a shark cage, okay? Because by WrestleMania, the new tag team is already so sick of Lana, okay, that the loser of the match (laughs) gets what's in the shark cage, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I love it! 
Oh, somebody make it happen, please. I'll play up with it until WrestleMania if that's the end game. I don't give a shit. <laughs> Loser <laughs> gets Lana match. Yes. At this point, this will Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. That'd be the greatest payoff since the freaking end of the invasion angle. Are you kidding me? Oh, that is brilliant. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Lana, the conceited twatchy, has probably got pissy about it. Because Punk tweeted saying, loser keeps Lana match. Just booked you through Mania, Chica. You're welcome. Yes. And then uh, she tweets and she says, I know you've been away from WWE for several years. Perhaps moving forward, you will favor WWE and and Fox Sports 1 by ref- refraining from misogynistic comments like Chica. Thank you. So basically her comebacks are a shit. Are they in the promos? Okay. You could tell she, she tried to see, I hate to say, and this is the reason why I hate that feminist bullshit. Even if she's not a feminist, I hate that, that one used the feminist defense. Cause she's, that was so funny that the only way she could counter it was to try to make him misogynistic. Cause he said, yeah, that's it. you know what I mean? It's like, you're just mad that that was funny. <laughs> you're just mad. Everybody laugh, motherfucker. Like you're, you're mad because everybody would actually watch that. All right. Yeah. I'm good. One, Shane. Oh my god, that is amazing! Can, can we just like I, I, he doesn't have to wrestle anymore? Can we just have him book just that storyline? Yeah, right. They shouldn't they should give that like, one to them on the house. <laughs> I fucking lost it when he goes by WrestleMania. The other tag keeps gotten sick. <laughs> I love how it's just this never ending chain of people getting sick of Lana. Yeah, be, yeah, the, most, be the most be the most realistic angle I've ever seen in my life. You know, there'll be a briefcase at the top of the uh, of the ladder that. Is to get free of Lana. It'll be the wow. it'll be the first time in years that you've watched a ladder match where when the people are at the top of the ladder, everybody in the crowd standing up. <laughs> you know, like everybody. This would have been on you know, on the the heels of your fucking feet. It's gonna shit. be the resurrection of when Jeff Hardy had that that title match against the Undertaker, and he touched the title, and everybody went ape shit. It's gonna be like, oh, he's gonna get Lana. <laughs> You know what? Or you do it one better. Um, <laughs> you get it to where people are going to be getting to the top of the ladder and they don't want to touch the briefcase. Yeah. It'd be the only ladder match you see people where nobody touches the fucking ladder. Oh, man. That is so good. I'm sure WWE is thrilled to have a CM Punk on a microphone that they can't control. I'm sure the company that can't help themselves but control everything about how people move and breathe. It's, it's ecstatic to have a loose cannon CM Punk around to talk shit about their product. On their product. Mark, <laughs> it's some of you Mark fuckers think he wants to come back there? No! They should, Fox should make Mike and Maria his co-hosts. Mark, <laughs> just for just to answer your question, nobody gives a shit enough about Lon to ask her where the fucking accent went. They went to the same place Kofi's went. Yeah, people actually looked for where Kofi went. There's like this bag of tricks that WWE keeps all the accents in. Her accent went to the same place uh, Mojo Raleigh's push went. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, his shit talking didn't end there because he's CM Punk after all. And he talked a little bit about SmackDown. He talked about the uh, the dog food stuff. I watched you covered Roman and dog food. So my instant, my instant analysis was that's real dog food. And I know it is. And I can, I can see Vince being like, we got to use real dog food. It's got to be real dog food. And it doesn't. But knowing him, so was it real dog food? It was 1,000% yeah. real Ugh. dog food. 
It's got to be real. This is good shit. <laughs> Not dry shit, wet shit. Yeah, we need to be wet shit, right? Oh. <laughs> that didn't work. That didn't mean to work out as well as it did. Yeah, well, there's the video oh, for anybody Jesus. looking at Wet shit dog food. There you go. Oh, boy. So we talked about this in the opening. Going to our next. Let's get that image of them off the screen, for God's sakes. Let the man keep his dignity. Yeah. Well, what's left of it? First, let's make it large for a minute there. Now, afterwards, we'll let <laughs> This is a funny shot, you know. Look at the dog for a minute. We brazzled the last one. We, we, we brazzled the one a couple of weeks ago, or last week. It might have even been last week, right? Was last week where we brazzled him? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's the phrase. Imagine somebody coming in the chat room and the first thing they hear is, was it last week we brazzled him? They wonder if, if they're thinking of what we're thinking, and we are. <laughs> just, in case, just in case that happened, we are. Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Happened. Yep, it is what you think it is. This is what happens when you go down that <laughs> rabbit hole and rest. That's where you wind up. <laughs> that is exactly where you wind up. So, moving to the next story, though, when we spoke about this little in the opening, was the uh, the new improved Taz and Michael Cole. Man, <laughs> what's that about, right? Right. So, <laughs> I got it. It kind of makes me laugh. <laughs> Yeah, let me bring this up on the screen so you guys can see the new improved Taz and Michael call. This is wonderful. I didn't think about this until somebody pointed out, and I was like, oh, you know. Corey Graves has labeled Samoa Joe and Vic Joseph in this picture (laughs) as the new and improved Taz and Michael call. Oh, my God. I do see some similarities between Samoa Joe and Taz. You can see it, right? It's even more... Just in the the path that they've taken, where it's like, now look at Samoa Joe. He he sort of took the same career path as Taz. And that's how they get you, Joe. Ring stuff is really done. That's how they got you, Joe. That's how they got Macho. That's how they got. That's how they got Taz. They'll tell you it's temporary, but will it be? <laughs> and it's not like he's bad at it. Too. He's pretty good at it. I, I enjoy Joe's comedy. Oh, Joe's great on the mic. That's why they had. That's why he's I, out I love there. It. Like, <laughs> he's always been good. I've always told this to one Samoan that could talk. You know, I don't count the I don't count the rock. The rock's a half breed, you know. But full blooded Samoan that can speak that well, holy shit! Find me another one. There aren't any, right? And it's kind of funny when you for the for the people who are watching then that connection that Joe and Taz have when Joe came back as Nation of Violence and Taz was his manager. So it's kind of funny to hear Joe get that nod of like the new and improved Taz. Yeah, it's Taz. There he is. Just taller. Just taller, taller Taz. That's the way to call him. <laughs> it's got to be Taz. Normal person comes walking out. Taz. <laughs> Is that the episode title? It's got to be Joe? No, can't be. That's more of a Kane reference than a Taz reference. Yeah. Yeah, so. New and improved Taz. And then uh, Taz tweets... And he put, gee whiz, new and improved? I wish them the best of the best, but luck. But if they are a duo after years of shows, then it's a fair comparison. Michael Cole and I battled for every opportunity as a team. Hashtag dues paid. But he doesn't Why can't Dad just laugh and just like, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Corey Griffin. He's laughing at everybody. It's like, come on, man. <laughs> he made it funny, all right? Like, Jesus. <laughs> Corey Grave is all up in everybody's shit, though, because then he goes into Kenta. Former Hideo Itami back to being Kenta. Kenta uploads a picture of him sitting on Santa's lap, which is very funny, actually. Wish we'd have had the image up. But, uh, Graves, uh, 
he put, did you come back to show everyone your new gimmick? And then Kenta responds back, who the fuck are you? <laughs> That's awesome. And you, can't, and you can't be like, I'm fucking Corey Graves. Like, no. Nope. Stay down. <laughs> Lay down, boy. Yeah, <sighs> I'm not a big Don West guy. I know you and Squires also love Don West. That guy used to just get on my nerves. I used to like him, and then just he started boring me. Just too obnoxious. Yeah, like just too much, dude. Like you, you don't have to burst a. Bl- Listening back to old stuff is just like, why do you feel the need to burst a blood vessel in every fucking minute? Man, like stop it. Like you. Yeah, tell me about it. And then when he turned heel, it just became annoying after that. Like, which, which was the dumbest heel turn I've ever seen in my life. Like, mm-hmm. All right. Well, next up, it is time to go over this past Friday's Ring of Honor final battle results 2019. I'm just kidding. None of you motherfuckers, including me, watched Ring of Honor final battle. This last <sighs> but Friday. the only thing we know is that now we have a 51 year old world champion. Woo! I didn't even know that. Well, who, what happened? Yeah. Fucking PCO won the world title from. I'm not calling him Roosh. He's fucking Rush. And the funny thing is, I've heard a lot of people, because I've mentioned that to a few friends, they're just like, oh, but isn't Jericho like 49? I was like, yeah, Jericho's 49, but he looks 39. PCO looks all of 50 fucking one. <laughs> so now he's now the record holder for the oldest ROH world champion in history. It used to be Christopher Daniels, right? I think it used to be Daniels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Daniels was uh, Daniels originally had the record. So PCO won it from, from this- Rush. I'm not calling that motherfucker Rush. It's fucking spelled Rush. God damn it. <laughs> PCO versus Rush. And I missed that main event. <sighs> we can't tell me thing, man. We were watching Oscar, Kyrie Sage, Charlotte, and Becky. We missed fucking PCO versus Rush. That's really sad. I feel bad. This is a company that I've watched for years, and I couldn't imagine watching that even as a mid card event. <laughs> but it anyway, wouldn't even be a pre show. After final battle. That was it for Cole Cabana in Ring of Honor. He is now no longer part of the company. He is done. As a matter of fact, he's the NWA National Champion, which will be defending that title against Ricky Starks and Aaron Stevens. If you remember Aaron Stevens, he was uh, Damian Sandow in a triple threat. Yep. And that actually, Aaron, fact, Aaron that already Rex happened. That was in a, for like a cup of coffee. Yeah, that was in the NWA Into the Fire pay-per-view, which I believe, uh, was it Willie who said that he saw it? I think he said that he watched the pay-per-view yeah, over the that, weekend. So a lot of people were watching really that. Saw it. Okay, so you see, that happened there. And uh, he's not the only one that's done that final night in Ring of Honor or that final battle. They will also be parting ways, it would seem, with Marty Skrull. Yeah, and just find it funny, you talk about Marty Skrull, it rolls right back into Into the Fire, because guess who fucking showed up? Marty shows up at the nwa show into the fire as you can see here on the screen that is him at the top of the ramp at into the fire and uh that pop must have been ridiculous this does not mean that marty to be clear has signed with nwa to my knowledge it means he's making an appearance at this company and uh you know the speculation is that he's going to go with his buddies to aew who knows where he could go though he could go anywhere he wants he could stay a free agent and appear there you know He's he's worth every dollar you're gonna pay him. Like you can't at this point. It's almost it almost feels like it might be a bidding war to get him because I mean ROH shot themselves in the foot the second they had him in a match and then made Matt Taven the world champion. Well, that was the death blow for them. Exactly. You can't rule out him signing 
with Ring of Honor. They're not off the table. He just hasn't signed with anyone yet. So he can always re-sign with them. He could also go to AEW, which uh, it seems to me like the obvious choice, unless there's something I'm missing here and he really wouldn't want to be with his buddies. You know, maybe he wants to be in NWU. I mean, he showed up here first, so. Yeah, and there's realistically, there's nothing, there's nothing really in our ways to go back to. Like, that place isn't the same place that it used to be anymore. Like, yeah, no, it doesn't seem to be. ROH, unfortunately, has become the downgrade in the wrestling world. Yeah, yeah, definitely has. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit more. I don't like going back into paper because we do post shows for that. But but let's talk a little bit about Kyrie Sane because uh, we talked last night um, in regards to her and her injury and everything that happened. And uh, we still don't have an exact clear spot as to when it was that she... Uh, got the concussion everyone's has a different take on when it could have happened you know yeah the one i heard which i mentioned last night i think it's like becky threw a monitor or something and it popped her in the back of the head and that's where that's why i've been hearing it happen but then there's been other places we've heard it happen too yeah and then there was the point where uh charlotte goes to spear her on the outside and she sandbags the spear inadvertently because she wasn't fully conscious and charlotte to pick her up off the ground slaps her she shoot slaps her from what I'm seeing, like she, that's like, I guess because she fucked up the spear, maybe she wasn't fully aware of what was going on, which uh, is very unfortunate. We're not exactly yeah. sure. It could be the monitor bump. It could have been that insane elbow, but that insane elbow, the I'm the table one, it looked like there was already something wrong at that point. Oh, she, she, yeah, she'd been, whatever happened, it happened long before that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, something something went wrong in there for sure. I almost feel like the slap was just to try to like almost kind of line, kind of like knock a few of the cobwebs out to get her back together or something, like almost like a wake up slap. But it's like I don't know if someone who might be concussed if the best response would be to slap them though. Yeah, but then, yeah, it's, it's kind of there's so there's, everything was happening so fast. I think it's kind of hard to see if anybody even knew. But I mean, she was out of it, so it's like it's kind of hard to believe that they didn't know and that maybe she was. Something wasn't right. So, yeah, and you're right, Stacey. So she did do more of a splash through the table than an elbow. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it looked really rough. She she tweeted out a thumbs up, I guess indicating she's okay. You know, I don't know exactly the extent of the okayness, but she tweeted up a, yeah. a thumbs up. Charlotte tweeted saying, "Kyrie saying you are a badass woman," and uh. Becky Lynch t- tweeted saying, Kyrie saying you are truly a warrior. And I believe I even saw Asuka yesterday tweeting, my partner was very tough. And, uh, and uh, everybody's giving her a lot of credit. I guess because she functioned with the concussion in the first place, not as coming to light what she was going <laughs> Assuming it's a concussion, she still hasn't been officially diagnosed. Yeah. The only thing I do know for sure is that she wasn't medically cleared tonight. That's why it was uh, just a one-on-one match with Asuka, which we'll get into when we talk Raw. But yeah, I mean... She's she's a tough one. She got concussed that early into a table's ladder and chairs match, and kept it kept going. So she yeah. easily could have just like bowed out, and Oscar went up fighting on her own. But she she kept pushing and she finished it. Yeah, I got to give a lot of kudos to. Her. I mean, you can tell she's tough just when you look at her. You can tell that's a tough person. You know? Oh, yeah, tough as nails. But that's how you could also tell that she must have taken a really bad bump because her body just wasn't working for her. Yeah, she yeah. she. She tried to get her body to move as best as it could. Yeah, which at the time wasn't very good at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but props to her. But yeah, definitely get well soon. Jesus Christ. 
Yeah. Of all the matches or something like that to happen, and that's a dangerous match. And then she kept going. Like, yeah, I hope there's more details. You know, I definitely hope that there's a more details to what yeah. happens with her. You know, because yeah, um, but yeah, scary spot and that whole the whole main event sort of fell apart on them. You know, that's the part. That yeah, they really kept up the brutality, but you could tell something had gone wrong for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, the next bit of news that we have, uh, this is kind of uh, this kind of surprising here. But do you hear about Piper Niven? I haven't heard about her yet. No. Uh, apparently, she's suffering from Bell's palsy. Really? That's, wow. Is that something that you can contract later on in life? Like, I guess you don't have to have it in the beginning and then you can get it. Because we've seen, we saw her as a, wasn't she in the uh, the, the women's pay-per-view? Um, yeah, I think she was, at, I think she was at Evolution. I've seen her a few, I've seen her a lot lately. I'm pretty sure she uh, was. From UK's, from, from some of the UK episodes. And I've never noticed anything. Yeah, so she, she actually signed to be part of NXT UK. I'm actually reading here. Yeah, she's been uh, one of the stables, one of, uh, in fact, one of the last things Rhea Ripley did before she left was a big, uh, she had a feud with uh, Piper Nevin. Yeah, and that's what, for anyone who doesn't remember, that's what, what Jim Ross um, used to have. Yeah, that's, wow, I never even knew that. that was just... well, I mean, I don't think she always had it, that's what I mean, you know? Yeah. She said, who's got two thumbs, a funny face, and has both palsy? You know, and she, she, she put that picture in. Yeah, and she said that she has a cool heel turn planned out cool eye patches a cape maybe even some kind of mr bigglesworth cat i love how she has such a sense of humor about it too like who has two phone two thumbs a funny face and both like, it's like you don't want to laugh but it's like it's funny <laughs> yeah and then uh jim ross tweets and he says uh you look great young lady both palsy is just another bump in the road for you i've had it three times and our only option is to fight through it stay positive you have a bright future i'm not you know i'm, I'm not really up to speed on how that disease works i didn't realize it's something you contract and lose and can get multiple times or anything like that yeah you know? I, I that's completely new to me yeah but it's, it's good that she's in still just in such good spirits for sure like She's a very talented young lady from the stuff I've seen her do. I think there's certainly something going on with like her, like Tony Storm or the UK Championship or something, but fantastic young lady. Like they, they hit it big getting her in NXT UK for sure. So yeah, she did an update recently. She sent out a tweet update here, which I have. This is it here. And she basically said, good news. I'm feeling like I have a little more feeling in my face. I'm not going to get too excited as I think it'll come and go, but it's good to be able to close my eye for a minute. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, that's the picture of her on screen. Yeah, I remember her. She wasn't her name Viper or something in the tournament. I don't think they let her be Piper. I could be um, wrong, uh, but I do remember she had a bigger physique. She had a really good looking physique, but it was like yeah, she, was she she's built person. really good for like a for a bigger wrestler. Yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, well, good luck to her. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess the side with the eyebrow quirk is the side that uh, she can't close the eye on normally. It could be because you didn't specify which side her face it is. So. Yeah, wow. For anyone interested in seeing, she looks beautiful in the picture, regardless of what she She's has. Gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll drop the, I'll drop this into the, uh, social media for you guys. Yeah, she's gorgeous. Crowd adores her. She's like, hey. mm-hmm. yeah, great eyes. 
Oh, dude, yeah, her eyes pop. Like, she, <laughs> she has almost, like, anime eyes. Like, they're just there. It's freaking wonderful. Yeah, she'll be <laughs> fine. She'll be fine. She could have been ugly and had it. No, I don't want to be mean about it, you know. I'm just saying. I'm just, just trying to think positive, you know what I mean? Just trying to think The sad part is you're not wrong. Really. I'm just saying it could be, it could always be worse is what I'm trying to get at here without being a dick. But, you know, like, she's hot and she, she you know, it didn't fuck her up. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Realistically, if you would just show me this picture... And not have said anything about Bell Palsy, I wouldn't even notice. Nope, you would have just yeah, you would have failed the uh, you would have failed the eye tracker test. <laughs> <laughs> you stupid! What would have happened? You know, you would have failed the eye tracker test. That's not going to be the title. No, <laughs> no, no, it will not. Oh shit. All right, so in other news, I don't know. We, have, we actually have a light week on news. That's a blessing for us, huh? Right. Yeah. Man, so get these. So light that uh, we even have a thing here. What is this? this is Xavier Woods talking about the dangers of Pokemon? Look at how great that is. How often are you going to get something like that from <laughs> us? Is this real? It's a shoot. <laughs> it's a pokey shoot. Let's see what the hell this is. All right, so today I went back and I watched the very first episode of Pokemon. And as an adult who's had more life experiences than childhood me, there's a bunch of things that are kicking out of my mind right now. A bunch of them I've talked to some of you on Twitter about. Uh, I've got a poll right now going on if there was a full-fledged war uh, between human and Pokemon, who would win? I say Pokemon. They can control space and time. Anyway, I digress. So when a kid is 10, they get a Pokeball and they go out into the world on this dangerous mission with no adult supervision. When you play the game, you, you encounter some people who have Pokemon that you fight against. Some of them are kindergartners. So 10 and under are given Pokemon and go on this mission with no adult supervision. When I was 10, it was hard enough for me to wipe my own cheeks, much less fight animals with an animal sidekick. I don't understand this. How many of those kids actually make it to the first gym and get their first badge? And how many of those kids are just rotting away in tall grass because Pokemon did them in? Hmm? We don't talk about that. We don't even think about that. Yes, it's very dark. I understand that. But logistically speaking, is Pokemon, is Pokemon essentially their universe's way of having Battle Royale? Or for the Americans in the room, Hunger Games. Is that the, is it the point to quell the population because there's too many people? Battle Royale, they get a whole school full of children, a whole class, whatever it is, and then they can do battle against each other till one's left. In this world, they give you Pokemon and say, hey, you're eight, you're ten, you can survive out in the wilderness on your own. No, you can't. No, you cannot. So they deal with the population that way? Is this, am I, am I messed up? Thoughts, thoughts, please, please. <laughs> Just the fucking little. Yo. He said, how many of these children are rotting away in the tall grass? Oh, my God. Yo, my childhood just took a dark, dark turn. That's oh one of the funniest God. lines I've ever heard. How many of these children are rotting away in the tall grass? <laughs> Yo, for anyone that doesn't isn't familiar with Pokemon, the, the, I have to explain a joke here. Because in, you can only face enemies when you're when you're on the world map and you're walking around. You only face enemies when you're walking in tall grass. Like if you're walking along the road, nothing happens. It's when you walk well, a lot into of the, the grass when you catch Pokemon. That's how you go. Oh, how many children are dead in the tall grass? <laughs> they died before they even got to their first fucking gym, man. And they're just oh, out there, you. dead in the grass from. 
going in without the right equipment. <laughs> write it, eight yo, or ten write it down. Dead in the tall grass. Dead in the tall grass. There you go. Jesus Christ. You know it's been a light one. We only have two titles. Jesus. That's a good story right there. You that see what happens? Amazing. You see I what never happens thought... when you uh, when you have an injury and nothing to do? The kind of shit that goes through your mind. So you got to stay healthy, kids. <laughs> I mean, for God's sake, like the only time I ever thought about Pokemon and death was in the first movie where fucking Ash got killed. That was it. What about the? Uh, even the what about the, the? I forget what Pokemon is that wears the skull of its mother. Yeah, uh, Cubone. Yeah, you you don't think about death with that? No, I you know what it was because I never knew the fucking backstory. Well, what about hearing about the uh the freaking Charmander? If this tail goes out in the rain, it's gonna drop dead. You can think about death then. I don't really remember. You know, or what but about you know when, what, what about when fucking I... Mewtwo used his psychic power and he turned Ash into like what's basically like a petrified black and white huskin? You know, that's that's, when like, I think about that, it, that show brings up death them. more than any fucking show that I can think of. This an anime. This re- like there's a lot of death in this fucking show. Like when any chance they get, this is a really you know he's right. Woods is fucking right. It's really dangerous out there. In the second movie, he almost drowned. No wonder you have an old man in the beginning of Zelda just randomly donating a sword to you. Someone else thought about this shit. He was like, yo, it's dangerous to go. Take this. You don't understand how many people are fucking, you know how many people are dead in the tall grass. I'd rather give you, I'd rather give it a sword than to have to keep sweeping tall grass corpse off of my fucking lawn every single day. Just think, if we would have had a heavy week, this would have gotten sweeped under the rug. Yeah, like the fucking dead kids in the tall grass. <laughs> That didn't get it. That was not an intentional segue. (laughs) That was completely generic. See, we need producers for that shit. Yeah, that's messed up when you really think about it. Oh my! Oh my God! My childhood is shattered like this. You know, not as shattered shattered as if you went to Japan. Who who the fuck in Japan would even have the time for Pokemon with their schedules? You know, the, (laughs) the dream is further for them than for us. I mean, shit. If you're here and you live in the hood, you could at least have a pit bull, right? You could, you adults. Uh, no, you, you know, in the hood, adults pretend Pokemon. Oh, fuck at you, I choose you. <laughs> what is it? They had, they had that, that pair of uh, the male and female ones. It was Nidorina and Nidorina. That'd be blood at you and crip at you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Somebody please clip this part of the bit and just send it to Xavier Woods, please. He ain't got nothing to do. He got time, all right? Oh, that is amazing. Ah, that is too much fun. (laughs) He's out there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He out there. (laughs) He out there. Oh, shit. Yeah, Pokemon saying it's close to ours, but not quite. He out there. (laughs) (laughs) Where is he? I don't know, but he out there. That's probably the only universe where I'd be comfortable being a parent. Right? It's like, oh, you know, we're going to have a kid. It's like, all right, it's kindergarten. Fuck off. Get out. It's time for you to go become a great Pokemon trainer away from me and Bills. All I'm saying is there there were several kids on that show who look like they couldn't so much as read yet. And that's probably the reason why all of the adults are so damn happy everywhere you go. They don't have to worry about the responsibility of children. They're like, guess what? You're going to get to go on a great Pokemon adventure. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're going to pack your bags, and we're going to bring you this lunchbox full of food. And here's your Pokedex. Go talk to, go talk to <laughs> Professor Oak and tell me when you're ready to leave. 
The way out of town is that way. <laughs> we're gonna say this old white guy is gonna give you a random magical, a random magical animal, and then he's just gonna send you off to the fucking woods. Be Have sure, fun. be sure to call every now and then when you reach another town. Oh God! If you reach another town, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, big if you know. Let's see which kids make it. Yeah, there you I'm go. Just, I'm saying, you ever want? You ever wonder why sometimes you'll go a couple of seasons and then not see a per- certain person? Maybe it's because they're maybe it's not because they decided to open their own gym. Maybe that's they like, got lost in the fucking tall grass. That's the only world you ever see where all of the adults look happier than the actual children because they don't have to worry about shit. The kids are all just basically out there fighting in this battle royale with animals, and the adults are just happy, just in their little places of refuge. It's a wonderful world for them. That is incredible when you look at it from that perspective, oh, right? That's going to be your first of many lunches or your last. Yeah, depending on how you go. This is the equivocal of Spanish people throwing their kid into the deep part of the pool, right? You know, let's just see who comes out the other side of this motherfucker. No, no, that's no, what it is. Correction, correction. That's black people. Yeah, them too. See, who's going to be a Pokemon master? Deep end, motherfucker. Deep end. That's the reason why the parents are so happy. See, that now explains why in the peanut gang, why all the adults sound so pissed or don't want more because they're pissed. They have to pay for everything. Fucking kids always in the front, <laughs> right in the front yard. You can probably hear them when you're in your house. You know, they're like right there. <laughs> exactly, right? It's funny because you, you, you described it the way I saw it in my head. Like for some reason, the adults can hear the, the, the theme. You know, they're trying to read like a good novel in the background. He's fuck out of here, kids. Go on a Pokemon adventure already. That's the episode of Peanuts you've never seen. Turn that shit off. Oh, God. It's so hard. It tipped over a little bit. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Oh, that is too good. You see, it's this amazing is what Pokemon was the best bear of the whole night. Oh, Jesus. Whew. That was funny. Yeah, no, that was too good. <laughs> I, gotta watch, I gotta go back and watch Pokemon now. It's on Hulu. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah. was that, you think that's what he was doing, watching Pokemon? I had to have been. He had to have like, watched it back at one point and just like, it started to click. Because like you said, he's injured right now. He ain't got nothing else to do. You start thinking about shit when you ain't got nowhere else to be. You start sitting there wondering, where the fuck are the parents for all this is going on? Why was he so happy when he left? Like, And it's like, oh, while he's out fighting to the death of the animals, mom just gets to fuck all night. Like, you just <laughs> don't got to cook breakfast in the morning. Don't got to do shit. <sighs> so good. Oh, my God. While we're talking about Woods, also speaking of New Day, Kofi has signed a new five-year contract, so he will be with them at least until the end of 2024. So I'm pretty sure they paid him a good amount of money to hold on to that New Day, and they probably have agreements in there for, to not break them up and a bunch of other shit. They probably have all kinds of leverage. They're not stupid people. Yeah. And I mean, let's be real. If the New Day tells you they don't want to break up, you're not going to tell them no. You can't yeah. afford to tell that team no. No, no. You're definitely not going to tell them no. And it's not like you need to because they've proven. I mean, they've been a team five years now. They've proven they can keep it fresh for five years. Yeah, I'm sick of that whole deal where people have to uh, break up or or it doesn't last or or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I'm just sick of the way that whole thing works. So I'm glad that we have something that's different. Uday has gladly broken that mold. They've shattered that mold in reality. Yeah, yeah, they sure have. Because I mean. What, what, you gotta wonder how many teams that have been broken up could have probably 
kept it rolling for five years like them, but they never knew. Mm-hmm. It's still always funny. Like I think back to uh, the table for three they did. Woods even tells the story. This was supposed to be like, if this doesn't work, okay, let us go. They've been riding on their last shot for five years. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Oh, they're gonna be great. Another person who they're expecting great things from, Mr. Johnny Mundo Morrison Hennigan Heineken. Impact. Yeah. Wherever he goes. He released this video. Most of the guys in this business are accomplishment oriented, including me. Especially when I was getting in. And there's pros and cons to that. I mean, comparing yourself to others, judging yourself on your accomplishments makes you ambitious. And to succeed here, you need that drive. The con, though, is it's hard to be happy when you're constantly looking at someone else and judging yourself on accomplishments that might be out of your control. So this run, I'm making it about being the best version of me. And unfortunately for uh, the roster, the best version of me is pretty damn good. Well, that's a nice confidence to have, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it was only a matter of time that he was going to come back, because this is the one place I've seen him in a long time where he hasn't been a world champion. He went to Impact, became world champion. He went to Lucha Underground, became world champion. Yeah, and I don't I'm pretty think he's sure almost everywhere here. else too. So it's like I don't think he's going to be coming here and becoming world champion, though, man. Yeah, it's, unless he goes to NXT. NXT is probably the place where I could see them possibly putting the belt on him. But nope, you don't I think mean, so? He's good and everything, man. This is a very competitive world right now. Yeah, it's true. I think when he was really hot in WWE, when he was the Royal Rumble guy and he was really, really high on him, that was his best chance to be a top guy, which is pretty much right around when he left. You know, there wasn't, there weren't many people doing what he does. Now we see stuff like that all the time. You know, like what would be considered a highlight to him is just like a regular offensive move nowadays. You know, and that doesn't mean he's not good and he can't innovate. But I'm just saying there's a lot of people and he'd have to get in the back of the line. I hate to say it, but you know, there are a lot of people more deserving of it right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, the, I don't, I'm not saying he come back and just immediately get thrown to the top. But like at some point somewhere down the line, I could see him getting back to where he was before. Maybe after a lot of the other guys have kind of fallen to the back and then possibly getting that extra leap that he needed back then. Yeah, maybe. Like it, it wouldn't be like an overnight thing for sure. But it's like it's something where I could see it for at least for him. Maybe. We'll see. So, uh, WWE has a partnership with TikTok. <laughs> Fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> For anyone that doesn't know what TikTok is, which I didn't know what TikTok was until this happened, but apparently it's uh, it's videos. It sounds like what Vines used to be. It's similar to kind of like Vine. It's like a weird like Vine meme spinoff thing. Yeah, it's viral videos under 20 seconds. So then they're, they're longer than Vines. Vines aren't, I don't think, for 20 seconds long. And I think Vine is gone now, Vine. right? Oh, Vine's been dead for years. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah, it goes to show how out of date I was. I remember there were like a lot of people. <laughs> there was even that famous family that used to use Vines and stuff and make little comedic Vines. There were all kinds of people. There were Vine champions. Did they all become TikTok people now? What happened to the Vine community? Uh, I mean, one of the most well-known ones, uh, King 
King Botch went to Wild and Out for the Nick Cannon shows, but I think once he went there, I think that's about around the time Vine died. Wow. Well, here's a link to WWE's TikTok account. If anyone interested, mm-hmm. hopefully this goes better with them than their tout partnership oh, did. Lana's going to be a Lana's going to be a TikTok thought. <laughs> that's what they call them now. <laughs> TikTok thoughts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh God, that's going to be a crawl crash, and I can't wait to see it happen. Yeah. And other news, ACH. Remember him? I remember that Jordan Miles guy. I don't know who this ACH is. But I mean, only remember ACH. Um, hmm. I, I remember. Is he still in Ring of Honor? Did he go to New Japan? What, what happened to him? Right? Yeah, he's not gonna like you for that. <laughs> what are you gonna do? What, what are you gonna do? Put his fucking goofy ass T-shirt over my mouth too, and then make me his profile picture. He tweeted recently saying, "I'm the heart of the heartless, a leader, and more importantly, I'm just a man who could care less about how I make you feel." To all my supporters, I see you. Um, shout out to all of you. This shirt is empowering to me to make change. Have I voiced my feelings about things openly? You betcha. Do I plan on apologizing? Not at all. I'm not crying. I'm not whining. I'm standing up for my beliefs. Don't like it? Unfollow and block. Keep throwing your rocks and stones at me. It's hard to hit me when I'm this high up. Best wrestler in the world vibes, bitches. Was what he wrote. But did, but, but but you quit wrestling. So how are you the best wrestler in the world? So. You know. And then he said, I'm actually a really nice guy. The internet has killed wrestling. It gave people's opinions power or the idea that their opinions actually hold more weight than the next person. I'm not a role model. I'm not the voice of the voices. In fact, I'm a pretty damn good human. Okay. And, uh, remember when, when Shad Gaspard put out that, uh, thing last week where he basically told him, you know, you need to just shut the fuck up. And stop yeah. being a whiny bitch. He responded yep. to that uh, by putting the Jordan Miles smile over Shad Gaspard's <sighs> face. Um, <sighs> and then uh, Shad Gaspard tweeted out saying, I'm not going to respond to Albert. I don't Twitter fight. That's childish. What I would like to say to people watching this situation Understand that mental health is a condition millions of people deal with every day, including myself at times, including periods of deep depression. Those who want help go out and seek it. They then look for help through others. We do not hide behind it or make excuses for for our actions. So uh, he's basically saying the same thing everybody else is saying, that this is a crazy motherfucker, but they're saying it in a very PC way. Yeah, pretty That's much. what they want to say. Uh, I love how Jordan Miles are going to stick it to... Shad Gaspar by making that picture his what his profile picture on Twitter. Like yeah, that, that's how, that's how you do it, buddy. I'm gonna make another grown ass man on a Photoshop picture. My picture. That's really gonna stick it. Like nah, nah, son, nah. Yeah, he needs to get out of the news already. If you're out of the business, get out of the news already. I'm not gonna report anything else on him going forward unless something big happens or funny. Exactly. You know, he's gotten more attention than too he got much. NXT. Like every week, I'm hearing you. If I'm hearing you more than I'm seeing you, with as much wrestling as I watch, then I shouldn't be hearing you. That's the new <laughs> rule of this place. You know, uh, Aubrey Edward, Aubrey Edwards. You guys remember her, the female ref of AEW. She tweeted out telling fans that she was heading to town for Dynamite earlier than usual because she's starting a new job as project coordinator for AEW. So. I'm not sure what it entails being a project coordinator, but uh, they're giving her an office job as well. So I guess she's going to stay being a ref and she's also going to have this this job. Good for her. Yeah. Hey, coming on up. Moving on up. Moving on. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Um, Speaking of referees, SmackDown did uh, have a little bit of history recently because uh, not only the first case of 
uh, NXT call up being a referee in a SmackDown and now SmackDown referee Jessica Carr. She's the first female referee on SmackDown now. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think she. Uh, it was after it was the NXT where Tampa and Balor battled in the main event. Afterwards, they Tampa basically announced, "Hey, she's making the lateral movement," as he said, over to SmackDown. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, we saw her on there, and they did like a send off for her. With only they only showed it on YouTube, but uh, you yeah, know. it was she. She got to give her a little send off. So it was. Yeah, yeah. Good for her. You know what I mean? It's yeah. it's nice to see uh people that are thriving in this business in one way or another. Exactly. You know? And I think she's the first ref to ever get called up. So <laughs> she has a really good look for a ref. Oh, right? she looks fantastic, right? You know, she she looks good out there. She she the, the she fits the part. You know, so that's awesome. Allie didn't. Allie was used to be a ref, right? Isn't that how she started? That was Allie's whole little uh well no, Allie was originally um Maria's oh, was, assistant. Yeah, she it was, was an uh, assistant. It, it was uh, it was fuck what's her name? That's Damn her. it. Hot mess. Damn, I can't remember. She was just here not too long. Fuck. I can't. Someone's gonna gonna remind you in the damn comments or something now. Yeah, I'm gonna did. feel fucking stupid later on. Like, that was the one. Oh god, it's gonna it, I'm so mad because I don't really, she had that amazing last man standing match with Gail with Gail Kim too. That was the worst part. No, her name wasn't Tiffany in Impact. That's the thing. It's the I same like girl. It was. Hold on, she went under like a completely different name. He's right, though. I feel like it was Tiffany in Impact. Yeah, yeah, it was. But she went under a completely different name when she was Impact because she used to no, be uh, remember, the GM in WWE. Being, uh, I remember her being the ref, being Tiffany though, wasn't she? No, um, no, she didn't. She didn't have that name when she was a ref in uh, TNA. Taryn, Taryn Terrell, Taryn Terrell. There you go. See, that's what we keep cool eyes around for. Taryn Terrell. There you go. That was the chick that yeah. was the ref. See, she was right. the one that started off as a ref, and then it was just, yeah. But Damn. no, Allie started out as uh, Maria's assistant. Right, right. Okay. They all look the same to me. I'm kidding. <laughs> They're all blonde with tits. <laughs> so in a sadder bit of news, uh, Moondog Rex has passed away at 69 years old. He was the original Smash before Barry Darsal replaced him. So Memphis Wrestling is the ones who broke the news. They said Randy Coley, Moondog Rex, as well as the original Demolition Smash has passed away. Thank you for the matches and memories, sir. Rest in peace, Randy. Yeah, rest in peace, OG Smash. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, believe it or not, all that's really there to talk about now is the weeklies, my friend. Jesus, we get good at this. Let, unless you have something else under your hat you wanted to bring up. Yeah, that was... Pretty much it. I mean, pretty the countdown thorough. to Wrestle Kingdom continues. So, woo. Yeah, pretty thorough setup here, huh? unless the chat room has anything to say. Speaking of forever, hold your peace. We're going to go into the weeklies a little bit. Hold your peace. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> hold your damn peace. Hold your peace. You'll be dead in the tall grass. <laughs> yeah, so uh, first thing we're going to do, we're going to go obviously into the Wednesday Night Wars. Uh, NXT, this is interesting. So, NXT last week brought in. 778,000 viewers. AEW last week also brought in 778,000 viewers. And First we have time ever. a tie. Holy Both. shit. <laughs> I always thought about the back and the forth. I never thought what happens if they tie one week. So NXT brought in 0.24 in the 18 to 49 demographic, whereas 
AEW brought in a point twenty eight in that demographic. So AEW edged him out a little bit. However, and this isn't me making excuses, I just want to point out that during AEW Dynamite this past week, the episode we're about to talk about, anyone who had Spectrum on the East Coast had issues watching it. There was some sort of issues with the TNT network displaying the programming. So that could have factored into there being a slightly lower rating for AEW, whereas the USA network had a perfect feed. So it's still a tie. We're not going to get into the semantics here, but I just figured you guys should be conscious of the fact that on the east side, there was an issue with Spectrum users. That is crazy. I never thought there'd be a tie. Yeah. And it came very, very close when you really look at it. Yeah. Nobody, nobody outdid the other this week. No, nobody did. So uh, AEW is going to have the Lucha Bros against Kenny Omega and Hangman. This is what's going to be happening in this upcoming week. I'm bringing this up before we go into the episode. Um, just because I want to talk a little bit about this. Because commercial free. This is something that they normally do. I believe in AEW, the first match is always commercial free. Am I correct about that? Yes. Yeah, they, if they, if for some reason anything has to pop up, the first match is always... They never fully break from it. Yeah, they make sure, they've always made sure that you guys get that first. And I've noticed that too. There's a very long time before AEW goes to commercial break. So um, they announced that next week they're going to be having that first match free. Good for them. There it is on the screen. I I shared it for you guys there. And uh, NXT did the same thing. Yeah, because uh, we'll get into it, but the NXT World Championship will be the opening match this week, and it will be commercial-free. Yeah. They even went as far as putting out this little advertisement for people. Oh, wait, that is not the advertisement, is it? (laughs) That's an advert. That's a literal advertisement. (laughs) And I kind of feel stupid for having that run because the the, the feed that we need isn't even on fucking YouTube. Kathy Kelly here with huge news regarding this week's NXT. Now, it is December, and we have the gift of a stacked card on NXT this week. Last Wednesday, Finn Balor earned the opportunity for a championship match this week, and he'll be facing Adam Cole for the NXT championship. We've just learned that that match will kick off the show and will be presented commercial-free. That and much, much more on this week's NXT. You don't want to miss a moment of it coming to you live at 8, 7 Central on the USA Network this Wednesday. This song gets worse and worse, huh? Yeah. Every season. Yeah, but it's like, yeah, two blockbuster matches are basically going head-to-head this week. Yeah, so I feel like this is their both of them responding to the tide ratings. You see what I mean? You're seeing like more of a of a ratings drop here. Yeah. All pretty interesting stuff. All right. Well, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about uh AEW NXT? Is there anything? We're not going to run over everything. We're not doing that anymore. We're just going to talk about anything. Yeah. That stands. Anything you want to sp- speak specifically about um NXT or AEW first? Um, we can start off with AEW. I mean, God, right away, the Moxley thing right at the start. Well, first you had the dark. Let's not forget oh, about yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> Three-way match, Jimmy yeah. Hammock, Peter Avalon, his company with Lever Bates and against Scorpio yeah. Sky, with the finish being Scorpio Sky going over Peter Avalon with the uh, with the TKO. 
Yeah, the TKO. I mean, Havoc, I love how Havoc immediately went to the stable gun. Like, that's just like the thing now. It's just like at that point, like, okay, you want to find me? Let's play this game then. There's no hesitation going crazy. for that stable gun now. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a tag team match, Alex Reynolds and John Silver against the Jurassic Express. Uh, which was at this point Luchasaurus and Marco Stunt Jungle Boy accompanying them. Finished being Jurassic Express going over with Marco hitting the um, a cutter off of Luchasaurus' shoulders. Really cool double team as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Marco, the, the thing is, Marco's small, but what I like about the way they handle him, if he gets a beating, you don't hear that same thing they do for all the mids where it's just like, oh, he's a little guy. They just talk about it like it's a regular person getting hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like exactly. they don't, I mean, he got his shit in in this match. Very good. Very good looking. <laughs> he's getting better. So he's. Mm-hmm. Uh, Big Swall. We have one of those. Uh, what are they called? The unden- undesirable. Un- to- um, undesirable to undeniable. Yeah. Big Swall was this one. Um, and she, she elaborates a little bit more on why she's called Big Swall. Less about her physical, more about because everything she does big and she has a big personality. She talks about the fact that she was suffering from Crohn's disease, which is an inflammatory bowel disease, and how there was a point where the doctors told her she had two hours to live and they had to take out two feet of her intestines. And uh, basically, she was never going to be able to have kids or be physically active. And she came back from all of that. Um, she really got emotional in this. It really, uh, you know, I think it resonated with myself and I feel a lot of the fans as well. She got a bigger reaction. Uh, from this point going forward she comes off as very cool people and then you know she goes on to talk about how she got pregnant with her daughter odessa and uh, they actually show some photos of her with her husband cedric alexander which uh i thought that was very cool i i, I liked the segment a lot i thought it was uh very well oh, yeah i think that's really cool the way they let you get to know people who you wouldn't necessarily know otherwise you know yeah yeah the girls battled back to a bunch and it's like she's made it to the big time so congrats to her and best of luck and all her success because she's She's been the one that's always kind of caught my eye as of late, but it's fun to see that, like, the big swole isn't a muscle thing. It's just, like, the girl has a huge personality, so. That works. Yeah, I think and that the works. crowd loves her, too, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they interview Christopher Daniels backstage, who he's upset at himself for not being prepared to face somebody as good as Pentagon was. Uh, and, you know, they want to make sure his neck's still okay because he took a pile driver, you know, leading into that. Oh, man. You know, that was just a backstage thing with him. MJF gives his response to Cody. He explains how he used money in order to pay for Blade Bunny and Butcher to jump Cody, which sort of explains what how that all connects last week. They were just hired hands. Uh, final singles match of the dark matches is Kenny Omega against Kip Sabian with Penelope Ford. Um, Penelope Ford has interference in this. She's spitting on Omega. She inadvertently, um, it winds up backfiring when Omega pushes um, Penelope into Kip for, and then winds up V-triggering him. Yeah. And it was one winged angel for the win. And Kip falls again. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, AEW Dynamite, which has John Moxley and Jericho confronting each other in the ring. Yeah, pretty much, people. Jer- Jericho pretty much calls his shot. Like he, he gives Moxley the offer to join the inner circle. Drapes a teeter over his shirt. I mean, uh, over his shoulder. And what I kind of like about it is that Moxley never really gave an answer, but he kept doing like that office stare into the camera, like, huh. This motherfucker just offered me a t-shirt into this club, so it's... I like all the callbacks it, Jericho used in that promo, though, when he talked about how, you know, you you when you first came into the big leagues, uh, you know, you asked me, how can you get over? He actually used that terminology, like, how can you get over? And, like, you and I went to war. He even brings up Mitch in a weird way without saying it. He brings up Mitch the potted plant and the battles that they had and everything. I, I really like that part <laughs> of it. That was great. So, yeah. yeah really that cool. was... Moxley. It's no secret of their past, so it's like, hey, why hide it? You know? 
Moxley might be too big right now to be in the inner circle, but they could swerve everybody. So we'll have to see what happens with yeah. that. I, I could see him using as a, cause Moxley's not dumb. He's violent as all hell, but he's not dumb. I could literally see this just be him a way to get closer to Jericho. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, they, 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 they made it clear that he is number one contender for that championship. So at this point, it's just like, why not get close to the champion and figure out a few things you don't feel out, figure out a few things you would need to know. Yeah, I also forgot, and I feel really bad for this, but the first match was John Moxley against Alex Reynolds' company with John Silver, it's just that he literally jobs him out. Like, he comes he, in, he, hits, he, a, hits a running instant knee, paradigm, hits paradigm shift, and the guy's gone. It was literally just fodder in order to get to the to the promo. <laughs> he he one-shotted this kid, and it was that was a wrap. Like. Yeah, and then the, then the actual first official match will be uh, the Butcher and the Blade with money accompanying them against Cody and QT Marshall. Yeah. And, uh, Finish of that basically was a stunner lariat combo and uh butcher and the blade go over pinning QT Marshall. Yep. Getting a little bit of heat there with that. And, and it was uh, it was more of a mistake from QT because QT wound up uh, tagging himself in without Cody realizing it. Mm-hmm. So it was like the kid basically jumped the gun and cost him the match. So it it kind of avoids Cody taking the pin and then it justifies him losing the match to this brand new team, pretty much. Yeah. And uh Pretty much after the match, Darby Allen comes out and uh, he goes to the ring and he basically shakes Cody's hand. So there's someone Cody's, Cody's been saying that as if he doesn't have any friends, but I guess he has somebody who respects him and Darby Allen after that war they had not too long ago. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. And uh, so what else happens? You have an MJF promo. Again, just in case we didn't have enough MJF here, I kind of feel a little saturated <laughs> in the guy. Yeah, I love how you made that one guy kiss the ring. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I even said in the chat room it felt almost like a little bit of a, like a ROH callback when uh, Cody had that ring of honor. Yeah, and he's gonna give Cody the match, but the match is gonna have stipulations, uh, and he's not gonna tell us what those stipulations are until the Jacksonville episode on uh, January first, twenty twenty. Is that a, yep. is that when the episode they have an episode the first of the year? I think so. In fact, yeah, let me let me check real quick. That might be it. Says the Jacksonville show. It's on New Year's Day. Yeah, the January first of the Wednesday. Well, if it said New Year's Day, I would hope you. you <laughs> after you got uh, yeah, to New Year's was... Day, you could have styled you were like Jacksonville New Year's Day, and that is on the first. You stupid. <laughs> so. all right so the the new year's episode is when he's going to announce what the stipulations are of the match it better be good if you're going to have you're having a build-up to a build-up right so then we get big swole against emmy sakura um the finish to this big swole goes over uh she counters uh she counters the clothesline sakura's clothesline into um her the move she calls dirty dancing yeah, really back and forth match the whole time. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, they got a lot of time around this one for sure. But yeah, Swole, um, this was definitely, this was probably one of the best matches I think she's had. And the fans were really behind her after um everything we saw with uh, the, undeni- the undesirable, the undeniable. So she managed to get over, you know, that's what you got to do. Yeah. You know, congratulations to her on a. You know, like I said, the Big Swole thing just st- struck me as a strange, a strange name. Yeah. It's cool to hear the backstory. It definitely makes you appreciate it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sure. she's starting to stand out as one of the better girls in that 
division, not like it's hard to do, but <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But I mean, at the same time, you're looking at a division where, where how many of the best girls are there really, you know, and I hate to be yeah. a dick about it, but who are the best girls at this point? Yeah, it's just what I'm saying. I almost look at it like amongst this group, definitely, definitely not one of the best out there, but it's like when you look at what she has to be compared against, she, she's definitely up there. <laughs> not their strongest division. Nah, not at all. Well, then we have Kenny Omega and Hangman against Sean Spears and Kip Sabian. And this sort of seems like the foreshadowing. I hate to say it and I hate to see it, but it seems like the foreshadowing of us having a heel Hangman page. Yeah, because uh, after a V-trigger from Omega, Page tags himself in, hits a buckshot lariat and gets the win. Not even just a V-trigger, but like he... uh. Like, he pretty much hits him. He had the Snapdragon first. You know what I mean? Like, this was the TV ending. Like, Omega had everything under control. He tags himself in, basically blind tag, buckshot lariat. Uh, so the reason it looks like a slow heel turn, which I'm putting on a slow burn here, is because first we had Adam Page a few weeks ago saying that he wants to distance himself from the elite. And tonight, which is a very heel move to do, your, your buddy is about to hit his finisher and end the match, and you tag his back, come in, hit your finisher and cover the guy and like fuck him and kenny omega uh standing and he's kind of looking I'm like that was kind of weird you know he doesn't know uh, he doesn't really bother by it because you know he, he's not registering to him yet and then he goes to sort of hug adam page afterwards like to celebrate and adam page sort of pulls away a little bit like you know what i mean so there's this little hint here and there that you know and then Meg, and omega just has this look like that's kind of strange you know like when it first happened omega had that look where it's like oh okay i mean we won the match so fuck it but you didn't see that kind of like oddness until he shrugged him off, and I was just like, "Well, this is different." Yeah, yeah. It seems like that's kind of like where they're slowly starting to go down. There's like a heel Adam Page again, which we haven't had in a long time. So. What's gonna make me dislike this heel persona is the stupidity behind it. Like it's it's happening for a stupid reason. It's kind of like, "Hey, I keep losing to all of the guys that are against us, so fuck my friends." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what I got from it because it's not like they had anything to do with his loss record recently. Yeah, he's just been having a he's just been on a slump. Yeah. So, what was after this? Luchasaurus against Sammy Guevara. Yep, and Luchasaurus going over with a choke slam. What I see, a tombstone flapjack. Mm-hmm. It was a different kind of move. It's just poor Sammy can't catch a break. <laughs> yeah, and then we got the Young Bucks against PMP with yeah, the Texas Street Fight. You know, with the Young Bucks going over, they set they set up two chairs in the middle of the ring, and then they hit Meltzer drivers on PNP. Oh, God. This was... You know what's so funny? It's, this was not as violent as I thought it'd be. No. I thought this was going to be way worse. Yeah, it felt more like a filler. Yeah, it felt like it was just like, okay, we don't want anybody to get hurt, but we do want them to have this match, so it's like, let's just let's, let's get it going. I kind of like the fact that uh, PNP basically jumped them from the get go and drove them through all uh, the different parts of the stage again, like they've done before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they they beat each other all over the place. But it's just it was we. I think I, I think I expected a lot more when it came to the level of violence because I've seen what these two teams have done in the past. I mean, I think I even mentioned in the chat room the fact that I watched uh, when they were still LAX. They went to that concrete jungle match with a. Uh, the OGs where they strip the ring down to the wood and the steel and they let them beat the shit out of each other. So I'm like, I've seen the lengths these two can go before. So, yeah. 
It, it was a good show, but again, I, I'm, we're going to get into it next. NXT, I feel, again, wins this week. Two weeks in a row of me enjoying NXT more than I enjoyed AEW, taking nothing away from them because they have their good points. But for me, all of their good points are mainly the elite guys, which isn't the whole show. The elite guys, exactly. Jericho and the Inner Circle, are the main hot act there. Yeah. Big Swole was a standout this week just because it's one of the better performances he's had. So, And they announced their next pay-per-view, which is AEW Revolution. You know, so which is going to be February 29th. There's the graphic up there on the screen. I'll enlarge that for you guys and anyone on demand. You should be following us. And yeah, Stasis Stasis is right. Bianca Belair would completely deflate the swole out of her. Are you shitting me right now? That girl is like a monster. You know, you don't throw her into the deep end of the pool like that. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's that's not a dream match. There's nothing. There's no reason for that match to happen. Like, next week we'll be talking. Next week we'll be talking on Injury Road about how Big Swole died in the tall grass. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Nurse Joy couldn't revive her. She tried. Not at all. You couldn't get a phoenix down, nothing. <laughs> Come on now. But yeah, AEW Revolution, February 29th in downtown Chicago, Illinois, is in the Wintrust Arena. You're going to Chi-Town. Hopefully by then they have already fired whoever's coming up with the name for these pay-per-views. They're so cliche and generic. Come on, you have a chance to do something different. AEW Revolution. What's going to be next? Like Vengeance, AEW Vengeance. Could have been worse. Could have been AEW Great Balls of Fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, see, man. we see, see, see. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing it, you got to do it right. You got to do AEW. Great Balls of Fire. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh, Tony Khan, don't you do it? We will run it into the ground like we did last time. All right. You know how much mileage we got out of that shit? <laughs> yeah, you definitely don't want to be about that life. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> yeah, don't do it to yourself, bro. <sighs> You'll be dead in the grass by next week. Don't do it. <laughs> All right, well, NXT, quick results. See, like I said, we're not going to go move for move. You should be watching a damn thing if you want us to choreograph it. I don't want to be WWE. Reverse WWE. They spend all day talking about what the moves are going to be in, and we spend all night going over what the moves were. I don't think so. <laughs> You know, yeah, I mean, you, you watch thing, but uh, yeah, it kicks off with the with the title match. Leo Rush, cruiserweight champion, losing the title to Angel Garza with the finish yeah, being the wing clipper. Um, uh, basically gets he he winds up reversing to a full Nelson tap. rather transitioning yeah. wing clipper transitioned into a full Nelson tap. And he basically he pushed him to he he cranked him back to the point where Leo was too tired to get out, so he he tapped. Yeah, it was a war. More false finishes than you would expect. Frog splash to the outside with Garza getting his knees up. Crazy looking moments in this. Uh, Absolutely the, amazing. The entire thing, uh, very intense. I did not expect Leo Rush to be losing the title though. That caught me a bit off guard. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I guess they're hiring Garza higher than I even realized that they were. I mean, yeah. he's the first member of the Garza family to win WWE gold, I believe. Yeah, that is that is very, very special. You the know. funny thing is, that wasn't even the highlight of his night. No, not at all. I don't know if he uh, had planned it ahead of time or not, but uh, there was more. Yeah. Because uh, he winds up proposing. He proposes to his uh, to his wife, right? His girlfriend during or the commercial break. To his would-be wife, to his fiance, rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, my congratulations yeah. to him. Like, that was... I like that was actually pretty cool because you mentioned the fact that the four hey, most important things to him is I want to, the rest. I want to tell you something. There's four things that are my entire life. 
The first one is wrestling. The second one is all the support of that WWE NXT universe. The third one is my family. And the fourth one The fourth one is my girlfriend. And I want all the NXT be part. Oh. ¿Te quieres casar conmigo? That's a nice evening, huh? Hell yeah. Get to win a cruiserweight championship and get hitched. <laughs> and just like Stacey said, she didn't have to ask him. Yeah, right? This is different from the Bobby Lashley one. Yeah, and the best part is her promo was better than Lana's, too. There you go. And then the fun doesn't end for him there because it also turns out that his mother as a surprise, flew in to visit him and watch his match, having no idea that this was going to be a match where he was going to win the title and that uh, any of this stuff was going to happen. You know, she happened yeah. to be there, and she also didn't know that he was going to be proposing. So his mother, just on a, on a whim, decides to surprise the guy and just see what she thinks is going to be just a random thing. And not only does he win the title, but then after winning the title, he proposes. This guy had the best Wednesday night ever. <laughs> But it doesn't end there because afterwards there was apparently a fucking uh, Andrew Garza parade right outside of the performance center where all his friends and family and the Muppets and, you know, everything showed up. <laughs> you Are know, you kidding me? <laughs> no, that, that, that was that wasn't that was, of course. OK, I, be- I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, holy like shit, man. How magical this guy, this guy is like the happiest man in the world. Yeah, I mean, congratulations to him now on the title, but I mean, the new engagement, Jesus. That, yeah, they're going to kill him off. Be, I, I That's feel what like it is. Whenever somebody's dishappy, they, they are, whenever someone's dishappy, they're going to kill him off, right? Kirkman style. Oh, <laughs> You know, he's going to die. Like, his whole story arc is over. He won the title. Oh, his mother right. came to visit him. Everyone saw him successful. He's going to have a family. Then, 
Yeah, poof. That's so fucked up. <laughs> Unbelievable. Good God. Anyway, what else happened? So Mendoza gets his heat back going over Trevor Lee. Because uh, Kushida taunts him and steals his hat, which he, he pulled off that hat like a G. He steals off his little hot top hat, yeah. Um, Travis Banks um, winds up upsetting Jackson Riker. Travis Banks' NXT debut. He's never been on this uh, version of the brand before. So Jumping in into a cover uh, and finish, basically. But Travis did get a bloody eye. I'm not exactly sure what the what the spot was there to cause that to happen. Yeah. Finisher he calls all the slice of heaven. Travis Banks finisher. But yeah, it's, I didn't expect him to win that. But mm-hmm. Dakota Kai against Mia Yim. Kai goes over via exposed turnbuckle. And then afterwards, Yim hits her with this crazy back suplex through the announce tables. Yo, freaking Kai took that Saito suplex. First of all, it looked like she hit her head on the side of that second table and it just like folded up in the first one. She can't have Bailey syndrome though. You know what I mean? You can't come out here, turn heel on your friends. And every time you come out, you look mean. And then when I see you, you're getting your ass kicked in a different compromising position. You're not Wiley Coyote, you know? Right. <laughs> this, isn't an coming. this isn't Acme. Like, yeah. Stop being Dakota Coyote and be Dakota Kai already. Dakota Coyote. I don't. Every time I fucking see her, it's like, you know, you're all tough and mean, girl. And then one of the people you fucked over grabbed you and they're like, you bitch. And then they throw her all over the fucking place. It's just like, yeah, you know? Like, (laughs) was it really? Dakota Coyote is going to stick with me for the rest of the week. In hindsight, should you have really turned on these people? I don't think it's been a good idea. It hasn't served you very well. And this goes back to what I was saying last night about, uh, about people turning heel without good motivations. You know, like now you're friendless. And you're about to get your ass whooped. You, you know, can't save and, you now. She and you were the weak link. Up. You were the weak link. So it's not even like the whole reason you weren't on the team was because everybody on the team was better than you were. So now four girls who confidently feel they can kick your ass, which is why you weren't on the team, are kicking your ass. So far, one has already kicked your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Three more to go. <laughs> yeah. It's looking really rough. And does that really count as only one of them kicking her ass? Because that's the same one. Actually, there's two already. It's like it was two for one because she got her sick on her last week. I mean, yeah, I guess it's technically one so far. Cause just because there's a ref there. Yet. Yeah, but just because there's a ref there, what I'm saying is Mia fucked her up twice. I count last week when when, uh, when she got that ambush. Yeah, technically, she, yeah, one has fucked her up twice. You know, when you go to the <laughs> hospital, the doctor doesn't ask you if there was a ref there or not. It's still an ass whipping nonetheless. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so based on my math of how wrestling works, I think that she's due for more than four. Because a couple of these girls are going to catch her outside. They're going to catch me outside. Hide <laughs> me outside. How about that? <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> yeah. So we got Brizango against uh one of the Singh brothers, right? Yeah, and, both uh, of us the Singhs, or the Singhs rather. I don't know why I said one of the Singh brothers. But uh, I like that. I really like that intro, man. The doctor intro that they have. I didn't know who they were at first. I like that they're doing that. They're change, their entrance is always changing depending on what the outfit is. Yeah, which is crazy because the music itself has to change with the intro. I love the effort they're putting into these guys now. Like They're having fun with it. Like, just, I was originally kind of bummed when they just stuck them to his team together. But I was like, this isn't the same. This isn't Febreze on the main roster. Let me see if I could pull it up. I didn't have it prepared. But uh, but I it's think, like it's so good. You kind of got to like. If I could find a good one, because I don't know if they put it out there. Let's see how this one looks. <laughs> Bear with us, folks. You're doing it live. We got one person running the board here. 
All the while, I'm still laughing at the fact that Stasis went down the fucking whole timeline of the guards. And by the end of the week, she's pregnant. <laughs> and at the end of the week, she's finally going to be a grandmother. What the fuck, Stasis? <laughs> I just caught that. Oh, God. Yeah, it, it was funny, though. That, then they blow him. Might... Then they blow him up like Agent Taurus in New York Undercover, and then bring him four or five other guys to replace him. I don't know why I went there. <laughs> at that point, we're just throwing darts at the wall to see what it hits. Like, fuck it, let's keep it going. Oh God! All right, I think I got their intro set up here. Just bear with me a sec, guys. This is wonderful. I saw this in my head. I thought like a new jobber showed up or some kind of shit. I didn't think about it until I heard her say it again. Beth just pretty much said she got felt up and didn't realize it until that moment. That's the second time that she that something with them went over her head. Last time, remember when they came out as the plumbers? They, she was like, "They said that they wanted to clean my pipes." I like how it's a running gag with her each time. It's a different. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably because I wasn't paying attention when they did it last night. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for the next gimmick. I can't fucking wait. Oh uh, god! Next thing, they, next, right next time they need to be airline security and just let the gag play itself out from there. Yeah, and they kill these same guys for anyone who cares about the oh, They kill them. even though they those guys are really good. They kill the shit out of them. Yeah, Fandango goes over with uh the last dance, that leg drop in the top rope. Mm-hmm. We got uh Bianca Belair against Caden Carter with Bianca going over here. Much better K-O-D, than anything. In, one, yeah, two, three. Exactly. Better than anything going on in AEW here with the women. Yeah. Uh, and then we already spoiled it, but you get the triple threat number one contenders match with Keith Lee, Finn Balor, and Tommaso Ciampa with an interesting finish here because Lee spirit bombs Ciampa, but at the same time, Balor's coming out of the air with the coup de gras on Keith Lee. Wasn't expecting it. The anything. timing of that was amazing because literally the second Ciampa hits the ground, Balor's already going. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, that was ridiculous timing. Yeah. And yeah, we get the Adam Cole versus the Prince. This is, whew, that's going to be nuts um, this Wednesday. Yes, it is. It's quite conflicting, to be honest. This might be the first Wednesday 
that I might go NXT live and AEW on demand another day just because NXT has two titles on the line. You know what I mean? This is probably their last episode because on Christmas they usually do a best of, you know, like best of the year type deal. So, I mean, they're ending the year with two titles in NXT on the line and big matches. It'll be hard to avoid. And they have the coming up too. Yeah, it'll be hard to avoid spoilers. And I think on AEW there's no titles on the line, right? Yeah, enough, nothing's up for grabs this week. Yeah, you see what I mean? Like, I would I would like to watch some title matches without knowing what the outcome's going to be. So there's yeah. a chance I might go NXT. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you got Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler winning the championship. We got Rhea, Rhea, Rhea Ripley and Shayna Baszler fighting for the championship. I'm the fuck I'm talking about. And there's Adam Cole and Finn Balor, so it's... Yeah, I'm definitely interested on these. I feel like one or two of those titles will change, you know? And if neither one of like, does, it'll be shock as well. But I, I, I don't want to know, so I'd rather see it live. Yeah. I, I almost feel I feel like Shayna might be the most prone to lose that title because at this point it's just there's you don't have fought anybody. Like I think they even pointed out she's beaten everybody in this division, but there hasn't been anybody in this division like Rhea Ripley. Yeah, and I'm normally an AEW guy because I feel like after a week of all the WWE content, like like uh, Becky said earlier, seven hours plus content, I like uh the refreshment of AEW feels like a palate cleanser because it's different. But at the same time, I know that Shayna Baszler versus uh, Rhea Ripley would be a good match. You know? Oh, that's going to be a fight. And I know for sure that Adam Cole versus Finn Balor would be a good match. And I know that they would be even better matches if I don't know the outcomes. You know what I mean? Like, like, and it's almost impossible with what we do and then being in a chat room of our peers, it's almost impossible to avoid spoilers on what are going to be two really big title matches to end the year. So it's really no disrespect to AEW, but the more I think about it, the more I see myself being NXT just for this week. Yeah. I mean, at this point, the whole Wednesday night, Block is a cleanser from WWE. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't mean we're not we're abandoning an AEW. We'll check it out afterwards. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just like for me, I and mean, you guys could do whatever you want. I always said when it comes to our chat room, those of you listening on iTunes don't realize, even though we mention it all the time, we have the chat room is open topoftalkbrunch.com or mixer.com slash talkbrunch is the same chat room, and we're just in there talking during these events and stuff. Most of our us are pro AEW during the Wednesday Night Wars. No one's really defected to watching the other show live yet. It's kind of funny yeah. and ironic if I turn out to be the first. But yeah, I, right. I, I want to see these matches, you know. I feel like there's going to be some times where you might have to switch teams for a night. Like, Yeah, I think this will be one of those nights. It's not like it's anything wrong with it. It's just like, which show would you rather get spoiled on the one where there's no titles on the line or the one where there's two of them on the line like i mean if everyone in the chat room's watching AEW, i would just not spoil any nxt stuff you know what i mean but then you guys would have to avoid yeah. it from everywhere else on the planet at your own discretion exactly you know what i mean so that's just what you're up against this week that's make that's what you see this is what the wednesday night wars are supposed to feel like though you see your conflict you don't know what side to choose Good stuff. Find yourself switching between what's going to be the live show and what's going to be the on-demand show every week. Like it's, mm-hmm. this is when it gets fun. Exactly. All right. Well, that brings us to SmackDown and Raw, which SmackDown, according to Showbuzz Daily, we saw them pull in an average of two point three hundred thirty-nine million viewers. Two point four hundred twenty in the first hour. Two point two hundred fifty-seven in the second hour. Down from last week's average of two point four hundred forty-six million viewers. They pulled in a point sixty-five um, in the eighteen to forty-nine demographic. So, uh, 
things are a little bit down. And then on the other hand, we have Raw, who fell below 2 million viewers. Showbuzz is reporting that the third hour of Raw went below 2 million. The first was 2.255 million, um, 2.201 for the second, and 1.995 for the third hour of the show, averaging out at 2.150 million viewers. Jesus. So they're down very little bit. They're down about about 58 million. Point fifty eight million, I guess, would be the proper. But they are down. Everything's down here. And then as far as Canadian viewership goes, um, only 214,000 fans watched Raw last week. And SmackDown did 152,000 fans. And uh, NXT, only the 82,000. Which basically tells us that Canadian viewership is drastically down overall. So those are just some notes about the shows that we're about to cover. And we already discussed it a little bit, but we have WWE Backstage, which has CM Punk, which we're hearing that uh, they brought in 127,000 viewers on Fox Sports 1. They had 138,000 viewers. They lost 11,000. This is still with CM Punk there. 0.6 rating in the 18 to 49 demographic. Also down from last week's 0.8. They were ranked 128 in the top 150 cable TV shows that Tuesday night. God. <laughs> Everything is down. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's dead in the tall grass this week. Yeah, there you go. Dead in the tall grass. You see, we used it a couple of times. We've used it enough times where, let's be real, that's going to be the episode title. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, SmackDown, Heavy Machinery, uh, they have this backstage thing where they get Sami Zayn, who's a vegan and I believe a Muslim, right? Is he a Muslim? Yeah. Oh, I know he's just a vegan. I know that much. But. I know he's also Muslim. He has some sort of... Remember, there's a reason why he's not allowed to go to Saudi Arabia or something? Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Forget right. his exact culture. I could be wrong. I apologize for him. But, I mean, anyway, they get a guy who doesn't eat pork or fucking ham. They don't mention the, the that part of it. They just mention he mentions he happens to be vegan. And uh, he's just so offended by him. machine. like, you got me a ham? How dare you? And, like, he calls him... Um, he calls, uh, what's his name? Uh, Otis. He calls him, like stupid and you know he pisses him off or whatever and then Nakamura and, and Cesaro come onto the scene and Nakamura's eyeing the ham like I could eat some of that you know like he's eyeing down the ham then Cesaro looks at it and he grabs it like if he's gonna keep it like mm, that would be good but then he just smashes it on the floor ruining a ham this company loves wasting food it's so ridiculous so Otis looked like he was about to transform like he <laughs> yeah like I said I'm not gonna go over every single thing that happens you know, out. You know, we already talked uh, during the pay per view about Dash Wilder's match and the fact that he falls during his entrance. The revival come on, he falls. We played the video on there. If you didn't watch it, hey, you know, you go watch it on there. It's also on the bottom of our mixer. You can watch replays. For anyone who doesn't know, you can watch all of the replays of our stuff. Scroll down on our mixer on demand for that. But uh, one thing that did strike me as interesting was Elias, who's now a babyface apparently, and at one point sang a duet with Bailey. Remember he used to sing a duet with Bailey? It's kind of funny. Elias and Bailey, you guys may not remember, but there was a bit of a bond that those guys had together. Where uh, even though he was a heel, Bailey was like the only person who somewhat annoyingly was relatable to Elias. Remember? Yeah, they were friends. Bailey tried to be his friend. They uh, they tagged up during the McMaster Challenge, I think, one year, right? Yeah, but this time he's singing a song for Bailey. Like to hear it? Here it goes. Bailey. Bailey, two weeks ago, Lacey Evans called you out for what she sees as a lack in your leadership. Look, look, look. I get it. Lacey's a former Marine, and she's a mom, and to some people, that may be impressive. 
But what those people think means less than nothing to me. I've wasted years of my career doing what those people want. And I do this for me now. This speaks for itself. I'm a champion. Hell, Sasha's off recording a rap album. We are the best. And Lacey picked a fight with the wrong people. So Lacey Evans and the rest of this lazy division aren't even... Guys and things hey, like hey, that. Hey, so. hey, 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 your champion is doing an interview. Hey, if you don't mind. Bailey, sweetheart, relax. Okay, I'm well, you relax. Let, let me do my job. Actually, you know what? It's crazy that I run into you here because, well, I picked you for the Secret Santa this year. And I thought as a gift, I would give you a song. It's the holiday season And it's gonna be a blast But Bailey, your face haunts me Like the ghost of Christmas past You asked Santa for a threesome You and me and Sasha Banks But I hate to disappoint I had to tell old St. Nick No thanks Because... I don't want to be blunt And I hate to be rude But ever since you got that haircut You look just like a dude <laughs> Merry Christmas, Bailey From my heart to yours Yeah, you think this is funny? Yeah Well, when you're done being a little groupie Why don't you meet me out in the ring, huh? Challenge accepted And then one of the best parts of that is that she winds up hitting a freaking Batista bomb. Yeah. Dana that hits a freaking a, Batista bomb on her. It was it was it was a decent one too. Like I'm, it wasn't that bad. Yeah, Batista was impressed. Yeah. Well, he asked her to yeah, shake the ropes impressed. afterwards. <laughs> you know. Good Lord. Yeah, then we talked about the Miz and Maurice and their shit parenting. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, we talked about Miz and Maurice, the bad parenting scenario. <laughs> oh my god, I'm not even going to get into all of that. Not even going to get into that, dude. I'm just oh, not there for god. that. Was there anything else on SmackDown notable? Um, I mean, besides the tag match where Roman, I guess Roman Reigns had been basically fucking up Corbin's security all night long, and then pretty much Roman did the Roman thing and wound up, uh, I think he choked, he he choke slammed Ziggler through a table off a the announcer table off the top of a ladder, and they just pretty much went home from there. So. Yeah, yeah, that was SmackDown nutshell. We're not gonna go into the because I mean we've already covered TLC. It feels retroactive. We don't want to talk about stuff that already had um blow offs, which is why a lot of yeah. the SmackDown missed. We spoke about it on the uh on last night the post show. I know we don't get as many views on the freaking post shows on iTunes, but yeah, keep in mind sometimes some of the shit bleeds over, so there's no need to talk about it on here again. Exactly. Uh, but we did have an interesting 205 Live because Joaquin Wild, I believe this was his debut. Am I correct about that? Yep, this was his first appearance on 205 Live. Yeah. Was he what was he on before this? He wasn't on any other wrestling show, was he? No, he was um he showed up in the breakout tournament on NXT. Right, right. For anyone who so doesn't he, know. Like, who... He did a little bit of stuff with NXT before he came here. 
Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know who Joaquin Wilde was before this, he was previously in TNA Zima Ion and also DJ Z. And uh, his finisher, weird finisher called the Wild Thing. It was almost like a double, like an up kick from the ground is the best way I could describe it. Yeah, um, I've seen him. I've seen him do that move. Not long. He started doing that move not long before he left TNA. But I, I'd forgotten because it's been so long since I've seen him that that was uh, his finisher in um, in WWE now. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was happy to see him. Like, they, they sort of kept him showing up on the show uh, very small. They did do a little video package for him, which was cool because it showed, like, a lot of things I remember about him. Like, the you know, the, the, he still does the robot thing. Like, they showed, like, the highlights of him as, as the robot that he used to have from over there. Um, You know, he still does the, uh, the air horn shit and everything. Like, I like they kept it more or less the way that it is, you know, so... Um, I always thought he was a really good talent out there. So I'm glad that he showed up somewhere. You know, we talked up here on here and he, he mentions it in the interview. I'm actually about to play, but we talked on here on injury road when he had like that intestine thing going on. We discussed that on here. Oh yeah. We, we, here's the posting of Joaquin Wild, formerly DJ Z Zima Ion. Joaquin Wild, you just made your debut in front of the WWE universe here on 205 live. Uh, how's it feel? An adrenaline rush for the last five months. I've been sitting at home, watching 205 Live, watching NXT, watching the WWE grow, and I'm left on the sidelines, not getting to be a part of it, not getting to grow with the brand. And tonight, tonight was my first opportunity at 205 Live, uh, a dream come true, a goal that I've had for years and years, and to get a win, make my debut, make an impact, can't think of any better way to start my return to WWE. So when we talk about the paths that people take to WWE, your path never intersected with WWE until tonight. And, and your career is very long before you got here. So what, how did it feel to finally step into a WWE ring tonight? Absolutely surreal. People know my story. I've been to hell and back to get here to WWE. People thought I was dead in the water. They thought I was damaged goods. They thought that I was never going to make it here after the injuries, the setbacks, all the things I've had to overcome. But I never let that get inside my head. I never let that stop me from reaching my goals. And tonight, I achieved that goal. But you know what? Now that we achieved this goal, we got new goals now. And I got my eyes on that Cruiserweight title. You better believe it. Well, congratulations, Joaquin. And uh, enjoy your evening. Thank you. Let's take an NXT. Take a 205 Live from mild to wild. Okay. Yeah. Good luck to you, man. <laughs> Welcome. It's a rough, rough crowd out there warning about that you know yeah be careful now ain't nobody in goal position during that shit yeah, you know don't be the next tjp oh god no you know, he was the last promising young robot <laughs> 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 i mean you gotta admit they do have very similar gimmicks come on let's not act like it's yeah it's <laughs> you not know, like it's the robot in the room <laughs> you stupid you know. oh god oh, man but yeah we gotta um talk about lana and lashley man i think that that's the most important uh, i'd rather rub my nuts on a cheese grater <laughs> no nah, but uh, no we don't really have to talk about them that much but we do have to talk about raw which it opens with rollins heel promo with the aop he's basically gonna impose his will on all of us and force us to enjoy raw is what it sounds what i got you're gonna like it it's what i got from this long ass promo from him 
Uh, the OC faced the Viking Raiders, which is really bullicious of this company at this point. Can I make up my own word? Bullicious when you just have balls. Yeah, fuck it. We just did that. You have balls for days. Bullicious. Because they gave us the same match that was the open challenge in the pay-per-view again, completely negating us having to have this match in the pay-per-view. But here it is again. OC goes you over. They get their... Yeah, OC goes over and they get their win, I guess. So, um, I don't know. Joe was confused. I think he thought it was a title match because he almost said that they win the title. Then he realizes it wasn't. Then he complains that it should have been a title match. No one I, knew what I, it was. I'll tell it, you, it almost was. seemed like it was unnecessary. Point, the fact that, like, it, it almost seemed like Joe was pointing out the fact that it's like, let's be real, the Raiders can't beat them. So it's to the point where it's like, why are they even champions? Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know. Eric Rowan. Fight jobbers. Yeah, we spoke about this early in the night, but Eric Rowan fights Bargain Bin Jungle Boy, Bargain Boy. You know, um, Bargain Boy. You know, this is when you told you lied to the chairman, told them that Raw's pretty good, or you said not bad, not bad. <laughs> Bargain Boy's getting choke slam. Willie comes into the charm. Hey guys, how's Raw? And fucking liar over here is like not bad. <laughs> you know. <sighs> yeah. I don't know what's going on with this company anymore. I'll tell you that much, you know. But uh, finally, after a long time of nothing, we get a Liv Morgan sighting. Can you believe it? They give us a hint on what her on what her new gimmick is here, and I'll show that to you right now. One day, I woke up and I reflected on the girl who I'd been, where she was, where she wasn't. That girl who had let her friends tell her what to do and who to be and how to act, how to dress. All I ever wanted was to be comfortable in my own skin, but I've always been so self-destructive. Now I have no choice. I have to destroy myself so the real me emerge yeah thoughts i mean okay <laughs> like I, I don't even know how to feel after that like i'm all right there. Yeah. Yeah, she just got into a bathtub her new gimmick is, is that what she's gonna come on a bathtub a bathtub oh, on wheels gonna, coming down the ramp she's gonna have bathtub she's gonna have bath bath, bath and be all street fights and shit yeah exactly you know she hit her with the shampoo michael baga yeah, her finisher will be head and shoulders. <laughs> she have a submission called knees and toes. Uh, so who knows what's going to happen with that? Everyone thought she was going to be Bray's uh, part of Bray's thing. That doesn't look like anything to do with Bray. Maybe it does. Maybe they'll still lead it into him. Maybe that's what she means, but she needs to punish herself. Maybe he's in the bathtub with her. I don't know. Oh, God. Wow. <laughs> 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 Oh dear God! He imagine said she needs to be punished. Maybe he's in the bathtub. Imagine. Oh, I'm not even gonna be able to make it through this. But imagine Don't do if, it. if there's a second half to that video, right? And the camera rotates around. So basically, now you're That'd looking. You're, you're looking at the bathtub from from Liz's view, right? Liz first person view, looking at like I guess she'd be looking at where her toes are, and you just see like half of the fiend mask in the water making bubbles. Oh god! <laughs> oh, god. Take a whole t- t- whole new level to the term. Let me in. Yeah, she's the first person that let him in. 
Oh, God. What the hell? <laughs> oh, my God. That took such a turn. Dear Lord. Oh, man. That is... Ooh. That is fantastic. <laughs> you want a taste of the tuna? No. <laughs> no, we are not going down that world again. Oh, dear God. Oh, <gasps> man. You know what? You know what that does, though. That turns that you, if you you're looking at the picture on the screen, right? Mm-hmm. The to be continued picture that she has on the screen. Oh yeah. Oh. No. <laughs> That'll be where Bray rises out of the water. Oh no! You see the one? You just see? That's exactly what it is. You see that last picture of her. I have to punish myself, and then there's bubbles that start blowing like in the water, and like she looks down. <laughs> and there's Bray. <laughs> no, you know what it is? It's that shot right there, and then you just see the fiend's head just pop up from behind the tub. <laughs> You didn't realize that Sister Abigail was another name for a sexual position, huh? Oh, oh my God. You're giving her to Sister Abigail. You need a tub for that, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, everybody wants her to be in, in part of that shit so badly that, you know, that, that's what it would be. That would be the tenfold theory that this is still somehow going to connect to the fiend. Oh, that was oh, a bad God. satire. Okay. All right. That was more fun than what happens next, which is uh, Lana Bobby Lashley proposal bullshit. Lana basically proposes that Lashley proposes to her, to which Lashley proposes to her. Punk ass. And the wedding is going to happen on Lana Day. Which is apparently set for December 30th. Yeah. Yeah, there's a date for this bullshit. So you know exactly what day we need to do some random stream for a certain amount of time. Yeah, Kayla Braxton of WWE was most excited about this when she tweeted, oh. I'll forego my paycheck to never see Lana and Lashley together on television again. So. Yes. All right. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. Oh, God help us. Gauntlet match is next. That starts with truth. Truth in the ring, right? He points out to a WrestleMania sign that isn't there. To me, that's like, like that's like a metaphor for the state of the company right now. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're all pointing to a WrestleMania sign that just isn't there yet. <laughs> Talk about his hero, John Cena, even though he's older than John Cena. So this is a gauntlet match to determine who the number one contender is for the U.S. title. Yes. Wonderful. Just wanted to make sure. Anyway, oh, yeah. so, I, I know exactly where you're going too. So truth jobs out to Tozawa. Who jobs out to Ricochet? Who goes up against Matt? This goes back into what we were talking about earlier with Matt Hardy. There's an awkward schoolboy roll-up where the ref seems to botch and do a fast three count. And Matt legit looks pissed off. Leaves. No one seems to know if he's actually pinned or not. No one seems to care, including him. He seems to just want to leave. They seem to just want him to be gone. I don't know what's going on here. Considering what we spoke about earlier with Matt, it makes you question how much of this was deliberate. And on whose side it was or what. But anyway, that being said... You now have Humberto against Ricochet with Humberto going over. But it doesn't end there because Andrade winds up showing up and he beats up Humberto from behind. 
He winds up taking him out with a hammerlock DDT on the concrete. He goes to the outside. He pulls up the uh, the the mat, the padding, and he just gives him the hammerlock DDT right out there on the mat. Rey Mysterio decides to come running out to uh, for Andrade, I guess, to save um, Humberto. But this leads to Rollins and the AOP deciding to jump him. And uh, just in case you haven't had enough fun, we now have Rollins who does a fake babyface promo like he's going to show Ray some mercy before he ends up hitting him with the blackout AK stomp. And uh, that's basically how they show their love for you. They give you a one-hour gauntlet match that ended in a no contest and then two Seth Rollins promos in the night. Who do you Willing think? Where he challenges for the U.S. title. Yeah, because basically the gauntlet match meant nothing. All you need in order to become the number one contender is promos because he came with two and left with a number one contender spot and wasn't even in the I, match. I, I, I even said in the chat room, I was like, so is Humberto number one contender? Because nobody actually beat him. <laughs> yeah. So he basically goes backstage and he says, you know, that he challenges Ray for the U.S. title next week on Raw, which is really awkward. Do you know why it's really awkward? Because next week on Raw was taped tonight. If you think you had a rough night, anyone who's out there at that arena has to sit through two Raws because they basically are taping next week's Raw back to back. They were going to do it tomorrow, but something happened. So now you get a six hour, I'm assuming. I don't even think it'll be six hours. They, they probably haven't too long gotten out of that second Raw. Knowing the way the Christmas editions of Raw are, it's usually a couple of matches and then a couple of fillers of recaps or Christmas shit or whatever. They probably just had a couple more dark matches that they're going to try to pass as next week's Raw. Maybe it'll be bigger than that. I don't know. I would assume because they do have to still fill three hours that there'll be some content. But the point being, that when Rollins tonight challenged US, Ray for the U.S. title next week on Raw, which really annoys me. You can probably find out what the outcome to that is already because that happened, you know, next week. And it must be weirder for the people, you know, for any promos that happened where the people are like, last week. And they're like, that was last week. How long have I been here? It's like, motherfucker, that was 15 minutes ago. Fuck you, you know? mean? Like, <laughs> Anyone who's been paying attention to the show for the first three hours might believe it's been a fucking week at that point. They're right. It does feel like we've been here a week. Shit, it has been a week, hasn't it? And people start Didn't walking just out. Just watch you get stomped. What the fuck? Yeah, you know, six fucking hours of that. Even if it's a little bit slimmer, because they'll have a little Christmas thing or a video package in the middle. You can't do that much slimming of what's supposed to be another raw. You know what I mean? Those people are definitely in there at least for another two hours. You you imagine Lana and Lashley coming out? We've been planning all week, bitch. I saw you two hours ago. What you mean? And that's the point that I was getting to here. What a fucking nightmare because odds are Seth Rollins also had another promo. So that means that there were some people who watched Raw tonight who saw two Seth Rollins promos and then a third Seth Rollins promo plus a Seth Rollins match where he might even win that fucking title for a match that he wasn't even in. And Man. even worse, they saw more Lashley and Lana. What a way to get this guy booze. He's going to have nuclear heat by the end of the night. People are just going to want him off their freaking, not even off their screens, off their faces because they're stuck there. That motherfucker's going to have Lana and Lashley heat by the end of the week. Like, Jesus. I bet right when the copyright logo came on tonight, they Vince hits a button. And like a dome comes up over the play, making sure they're locked in for that second half. <laughs> you know, because who the fuck's going to stick around for that? But yeah, so that match probably happened while we were doing this. Because once they went off the air and we went on the air, they kept rolling. Raw still happening. If you can believe that shit, right? Should the episode title Raw still happening? <laughs> you know? Those people are going to leave there. I, I wish I wish there was someone. If anyone's there, if you could just get some shots of just people leaving. You know, just I just want to see what they look like. You know what I mean? It must look like when you first wake up out of bed. Oh, my God. You know, even if you're leaving the arena, you're all fucked up looking. Oh, what? <laughs> oh, you're just like, fuck, say, what the hell happened? Did they at least have an intermission for these poor souls? Right, like, let somebody go with their car. Let them go with, like, fucking 
Denny's and get something to eat before you make them suffer through this shit again. Like, Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Six hours. We got you raw. two rolls. That is, that is crazy, right? So, oh, yeah. Instead of two chains, of two rolls. Oh, man. Okay. Well, Asuka versus Diana Perrazzo is the next match. Finish being the Asuka lock. Um, this match, I have to say, very good. Watching Asuka counter from the armbar into the knee bar and then transitioning that into a camel clutch esque hold, the whole thing. I just love watching Asuka work. You know, to me, that's good enough. You know what I mean? To, you know, Diana also was holding her own in the match. She looks really good in there. This was my favorite part of Raw. Isn't it funny? How, I bet it's not even something they thought about. They just needed something there and they just put something yeah. there. And it was great. Like that, I, I really enjoyed this. I will go back and watch Oscar versus Perazzo again because there was a lot of good in ring work here. So yeah, I love cool. like we, with the heel turn, we got the smash mouth Oscar back. Yeah, this was fun, man. It's not, really it's, good it's, stuff. it's not kid friendly. It's every shot is meant to kill Oscar. That women's division is practically on autopilot. They're doing so good. They could put anything out there and it comes together. But this just goes to show you just how successful it is. I, I really, really like what we were seeing there. We should probably get that bathtub shot off the screen, right? Yeah. No cool. And they're popping a woody right now. They don't. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh god wait wait oh i got it the episode title we're all still going that's the screenshot no we can't we can't <laughs> i like the other stuff better we've had we have better shit on here yeah you know, the tall grass nothing's better than dying in the tall grass man yeah <laughs> should i put that one down too oh lord <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. We're almost done. Hey, man. I almost forgot that we have to finish this entire thing here. Yeah. So, uh, AJ versus Randy Orton was the main, uh, event. Finish got botched. There's really no other way to put it. AJ botches the ending. He's supposed to go for the phenomenal forearm, and on the springboard, he gets hit with a catch RKO. But instead, upon the springboard, he trips, which I'm sure anyone who's watched TNA has seen AJ do before. It happens periodically, less in WWE, probably because they have a gun pointed to his fucking head all the time. But um, <laughs> I've seen many a time this happen to him. It's a risky spot. But yeah, unfortunately, that's probably why it shouldn't be a finish. But uh, yeah, he's supposed to springboard. He trips on the ropes. So there's no choice but for them to simply redo. And uh, he gets back up and he springboards again and gets hit by the catch RKO. Um, I know hindsight's twenty twenty. They're professionals, and there probably had to be some adjustment. But I think if the the only way that it could have saved this from looking the complete shit, which is what it did, would have been if after he tripped, uh, upon recovering from the trip, Orton just RKO'd him. You know, rather than I tripped, now let me go get back up there and do it again. Like, no, you tripped, and now it also it kind of protects you because now it looks like you made a mistake that led to the RKO. Instead of going yeah. back up there. Yeah, right. Orton matured. There was no stupid, stupid. The cool put the job. Stupid. <laughs> you know, he didn't lose his shit. He doesn't care. It's Christmas. He has next week off. All he has to do is sit in the back for a couple more hours and then appear again with another RKO. Right. You know? So he's in a good mood. They told him. They were like, look, Orton, you get next week off. All you got to do is, you know, go go, go do or go RKO fucking uh, go have this match with AJ RKO. I'm sitting in the back and have a couple hot dogs and come back out and RKO again in two more hours. I love how you went to fucking hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> he went to, that <laughs> motherfucker went to hot dogs. <laughs> you know. You might have to RKO one more person, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, basically the OC wind up coming out to attack Randy Orton. And then the Viking Raiders come out to attack the OC. And it fails. 
Don't ask me why, but the OC wind up standing tall in the end anyway with 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 uh, AJ Styles. It's weird how they when there's no titles on the line, the Viking Raiders ain't shit. Because when, they when they're when the, it seems like when they're facing a team that's not jobbers, they ain't shit. <laughs> because they lost they they lost the match to the OC earlier, and now they're coming out. They're doing a run in to save AJ. They're the ones running in fresh. And the ring still ends with all the heels in the ring and them down. So that means you guys slid in and got you and you just were additional ass whippings. You didn't save anybody. If the guys you came to clear out of the ring are still there after you get there, but you're on the floor down, there was some shit planning that went into that attack. Ah, here we come to save the day. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's like, I was just disappointed. It just surprised me, you know. So, but, but then at the same time, we used to complain that the uh, Gallows and Anderson weren't being used as formidable threats. And now it seems like they're always used as them, so long as the titles are on the line. I think it's just more annoying because it's just like, I'm sitting there looking at this like, well, maybe if you would have them fighting jobbers every week, maybe they wouldn't have got an ass open like this. Maybe. In, in, in kayfabe, all you're telling me is they're not used to actual competition, which, by the way, WWE, don't keep talking about how they cut through the whole tag division. Who the fuck have they fought? <laughs> They fought two teams. They act like their tag division is so big. Yeah. NXT's tag champions have been making them their bitches on multiple occasions. I don't know. Yeah. No, it is a mess. <sighs> All right. Well, I think that's everything, man. We, we, we lived. Hashtag we made it, huh? It's a thing. There's not going to be a second talk brunch right after this one. Holy shit. No, we don't, we don't tape our Christmas episode. I wish we, in hindsight, maybe we should have. Make it next, get next week off as well. But, oh, well. Eh, we out here. <laughs> All right. Well, that being said, thank you to everyone who hung out with us for this entire thing. This wonderfully ridiculous Raw. Be happy that you didn't have to stick around for six hours for two of them. That being said, chat room that hung in there. Stasis Dreams and Cool Ice and Joe Walcole. Sugar Shane was out there for a while. Glad to have you back in the room. And Six Slayer, aka AC, Emang, aka EB Gamer, Willie V2, Mark710, M Honest420, Mindless Web8276, Still the Dude, and of course, all of you that are listening across all platforms of iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, SoundCloud, the .com, the Mixer. Don't forget, you can catch all of the replays if you're interested in the video content. You can also scroll down on our Mixer play- page and the archives. Stay there for at least 14 days. I know some of you just go on iTunes and uh, don't really care about the visuals, but for those curious just to see when we bring things up on screen, it's right there at the bottom of Mixer.com slash TalkBrunch. That being said... Ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 357, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and Destin, we are out of here. Now I'm about to go in the tall grass and fight some animals. Shut up.